back, folks. Episode four. Episode four, man. After Fantasy, Jason yeah. and Josh. Had a pretty awesome show today. Today, we are diving into The Witcher. Pretty cool Netflix series. Yeah, got a big, a really big fan following, actually. I mean, we didn't really think uh, Superman was going to be able to play <laughs> Geralt of Rivia, but turns out he's one of the better casting uh, options I've seen for pretty much anybody like recently. Yeah, I mean, it made me really rethink his acting abilities because <laughs> uh, it really just goes to show that directors are really what make actors famous. Directors and writers, for sure. Right. Right. So if you go back to the Trash Justice League... Please explain. <laughs> that's, that's another day. That's another day, that's for sure. Uh, no, so today we're going to dive into a little bit of all the episodes in the first season. Uh, kind of explain where things are and you know how they start jumping around timelines in the episodes, where they're at, where we think the uh, series is going to go from going forward. From t- uh, When's the next one come out? Did it say next year? Uh, next year. Yeah, okay. it already got uh, uh, renewed. And they're going to film it, I think they're filming this summer, I'm not quite sure, but it's gotcha. called uh, Nightmare of the Wolf. Nice. Season 2, so. Sweet. Yeah. I'm excited about that. So, well, for today, guys, uh, you know, let, let's kind of just jump right into where it started off, because I, I feel like a very Game of Thronesy vibe here. You know, I was telling Chase, I think this is, Netflix is like an attempt at an answer to Game of Thrones. Uh, not, so, not so shabby from what we first saw. Yeah, no, it was... Um, uh, actually, really cool. The action in this series is phenomenal, really. I mean, even from the opening scene where he's attacking that spider. The human spider. Thing. The spider with the monster I want to say, like, spider monkey thing. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, that, that was really cool. We got to see a lot in that, that short amount of time. Uh, he, You can see that he's obviously not human. He's got some sort of special abilities. Like, his eyes get that weird, like, uh, veiny thing underneath, and they go black. Uh, you know... Almost so, like a demon or something. Yeah. Uh, so you, you start off seeing right away that there's something special about him. Right. Yeah, so, most definitely. Really cool stuff. Uh, you know, and honestly, not to jump too far ahead, but they have a, at least one really good action scene in every single one of the episodes. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it, every single episode has a really, really phenomenal, you know, like capture of attention, I think. It really did. Um, so we have a really big show planned for you today. Uh, right before we get started, um, I know we don't talk about sports on this show, yeah. but um, just out of respect, uh, one of the greats uh, passed today, unfortunately, um, him and his daughter, so you know, prayers, best wishes, go out to uh, their family, was uh, Kobe Bryant. 100%. Yeah, it was really sad news today. Uh, Kobe Bryant, if you watch sports at all, if you're anywhere near your mid-20s, he was an icon like a staple. If you talk about basketball, you couldn't go very far without bringing up Kobe Bryant's name. So it's really sad, uh, the events that transpired. So you know, for us here, we're going to take a moment of silence just out of respect, guys. So um, let's, let's do that now. Yeah. All right. Well, now back on to some more positive you know, vibes and, and news here. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's kind of like you to attack our episodes with, you know, that mama mentality, put everything all in. Or like something. Kobe did, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, guys, you know, let's, let's go into episode one, really start dissecting what we saw and what we kind of learned, right? Now, the first thing we see is that uh, he, he obviously got great fighting capabilities. He's able to use some sort of, like, 
not like not full magic, but it's like he can do something small, right? So we, right. We, we're kind of left wondering, like, is this something he's going to be able to develop? Is this something that it's all really he does? And still, that really hasn't been answered, right? Right. But going into it, the whole reason he was killing that that like the human faced big spider is he does jobs and gets paid for it. Very similar to Mando and the Mandalorian. Exactly. He goes right. in, like they hire him to kill this monster that he's been terrorizing like the citizens of a city or a town or a village. They hire him, he goes, gets it done, they pay him. Right. Um, which is actually really interesting. All these kind of bounty hunter-like shows are really kicking right. off nowadays. Uh, which is, I think it's great. They're captivating on this. But uh, starting from episode one, it really does make you start to wonder uh, where they developed just because the mages weren't really didn't have the strength to go up against these things or what their weaknesses are, uh, which I think it starts to differentiate a little bit of that towards the you know towards the middle of the season and that sort of thing. But you really start to kind of wonder like what his past was. And another thing, too, when we bring up the mages, is I don't believe that they don't have the power to go up. I think that they are mainly used as guides for the court and, like, protectors for, like, the important people. And so, like, they, they hire out for these kind of jobs they feel is beneath them. I think that these mages are super powerful. But, like, that's this is just my opinion. I think they're super powerful, but it's like we're not going to stoop to this level. Our job is to provide you know, wisdom to the king or, the, you know, whoever's, like, the head person in charge to keep the peace and then obviously defend him if anything happens, like, anything should come to evade or happen there. So, right. And there's almost, like, three kinds of, like, magic capabilities as well, like, levels of individuals. So the Witcher, very rudimentary, he can do, like, a quick little push magic, right? right. Then you've got, like, the mages, very similar to, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mausak. Mausak, when that battle of Sintra that we're going to get into later into this episode, like, all he really did was try to put, like, a barrier around the front gates so they couldn't get in. It's not like he went to go do that, but then we also see, like, the next level mages, like Yennefer, uh, she, when, you know, she's got that wild power that yeah, she can like get on her and Fringilla, and Fringilla yeah. as well has got, but we start learning later on that Fringilla's power, it comes from a darker area, so. Right. Yeah, so um, let's go ahead and dive into episode one. So yeah. after he takes down, you know, the monster spider, which is definitely a really good attention getter for the audience, I would say. I think so, too. Yeah, and I guess uh, from when I was doing my research, correct me if I'm wrong, <clears throat> it, it definitely had more of a feel of the books. Like, I know it's its own thing uh, versus, like, the games, sort of, I would say. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, it. I I thought that was definitely, you know, it definitely had to that whole Game of Thrones kind of vibe, uh, where you know it has the attention for the audience. But then, of course, you know, in episode one, um, you know, he goes and tracks down that girl. Well, he doesn't track her down. She kind of is working. She's kind of there, right? right? So, like, yeah. kind of what happens? Like, after he brings that, he goes to the bar looking for the alderman, the alderman, so he can get paid for for killing the human spider thing. So he goes into that bar. He asks, like, the barkeep, you know, hey, like, where would I find Alderman's house? Then all of a sudden, this guy just storms up, like, oh, you don't give him any information. Like, no. Like, he, like, shuts her down completely. Like, kind of, like, kind of shows you, like, the whole women were second class to men. Right, back yeah. Then. And that's actually a running theme uh, throughout yeah. this, uh, this series. So he kind of shuts her down, like, we don't want your kind here, Witcher. The bar, like, patrons there, so they start, like, kind of 
getting all their chest puffing. To, they, they think they're going to all fight him. And, and uh, then all of a sudden, this, this woman, she has this commanding voice, like, will you give a rest for a second? And all of a sudden, like, and she's not, not like a big girl or anything. She's very, very thin and just, you know, she's had that commanding voice. And everyone there listened to her. So at that point in time, you know there's something special about her. Like, you just saw how they treated another girl like she was right. trash, mm-hmm. shut her right down. And now this they're taking commands from this girl. Right. She's like, who the heck is this? Yeah, which I think it was great for the show. I thought it was a little odd he just happened to run into her in a bar. But, I mean, that can happen, so I can buy it. I mean, think about it, too. Like, imagine, like, the Mandalorian. That's almost the same exact thing that happened. Like, he just right. off. Like, just it seems to be, like, a bar, running right? common theme. Yeah. It's like, gotta run into to a public <laughs> bar. So, uh, I think that maybe it's just, it's that, that's the end thing. That's how I run in. I do agree that, you know, for how important of a character Renfrey comes to be in, in Geralt's life, she's introduced super early. Super early and, and done super early. And, yeah, and then she has just this really strange lasting effect, which I don't think that I love. Like, I don't love the fact that he knew her all of ten minutes, and then all of a sudden, like, she just has this wild stranglehold effect on his <laughs> life for, like, decades at a time. Like, it was, uh, what's funny, it reminds me of another episode we talked about on the show, almost like the whole Ray kylo Ren deal. Yeah. No, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But at least, like, they had interactions over time. Right, yeah. The, like, you know, this one, they, they see Out of each nowhere, other, in a bar. they're like, ah, hey. It's like that classic, like, one-night stand hookup kind of deal. And, like, it, it didn't even really go, like, it really stemmed from when she went to find him in the woods. So, you know, to kind of get back on track with where the episode went from there, uh, like, this little girl runs in, kind of tells, like, oh, like, the Alderman's my father, I'll take you to him and then he gets onto his horse Roach like he's got the monster strapped over the back they start walking she basically tells him like you're not going to get any sort of money for this you know but we do have a bigger job uh, right. for you so you, you know that you will get paid for she takes him to this door he walks up to it put his hands on it realizes it's like a magic portal door right yeah um, which even like diving in before that like just looking at the whole community in this situation um, <clears throat> it's, it's funny because they always find themselves you know, having to rely on these witchers, but you can tell basically their whole community because of what's happened from their past, which I feel like we'll find out more in later seasons. They really can't stand it. They don't like the witches. Like they like that. They yeah. have this negative like connotation. Like as we follow, like Geralt, he seems like a stand-up mm-hmm. guy. Really does it for the right, but maybe because he's like demon bred, he's not like naturally a human. People are afraid. And that's why he's treated like kind of like second class, like like, right. like oh like yeah, get yeah. out of here, Witcher. Right. And so when he goes to the door, we this is where we meet this guy. And I, I'm telling you, I have a really big feeling that Stregobor is going to be, if not the top main villain, very very similar to like a, a high a high level because like he he just has the command of you know a very strong voice on the Council of Mages that we haven't gotten to yet. We'll get there, but. He's able. He hires people, and he can control the way people think. Right. We see that in episode one. So, and obviously, no magic works on witchers. That's a big point that we do need to bring right. up. No magic works on witchers. Yeah. Unless you're. Yennifer. Which. <laughs> I think that, yeah. Unless you're Jennifer. Yeah. But I think that goes into the whole reason of why. I mean, we don't know a whole lot about the past, given it's only season one. Mm-hmm. But why this? You know, everyone in governmental power, or even just the civilians in the community, are downright afraid of him. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, which makes sense why, you know, genetically enhanced, of course. He's a, he's a mutant. But, right? he's, like, they literally like, say he's a mutation. And we learn a little bit more about kind of how that came to be later on, but kind of to reel us back to where we're at with Stregobor, like, we, he, he says something really interesting, and I, and I love this. 
he tells him, uh, you know, you don't want me to here to kill a monster. You want you want me here to destroy yours. Right. Right. So then, like, Shagavor's in hiding from Renfrey, the girl at the bar, and he's going into telling her how like all these babies were born under the black sun, like the eclipse, and how they're evil, like they're monsters inside, and how to kill, like, killing her would be. The lesser of evils, and Geralt says a really iconic line here. He said, "When there's there's two evils to choose from, I prefer not to choose." Right. That was sick. Yeah. I, I like so, that a lot. That is, that is a great line, um, which I want to let the audience know because this is where people can start getting confused because it gets uh, really in detail starting in episode one, and then it's like brim free. This was our problem with this first episode here. I felt like they didn't drag her character on long enough. So this little, I almost call it like a mini arc. Like, it's really setting up the plot just so you can kind of dive in and know what's going on. But as far as her character goes, because what happens we'll talk about in just a few minutes, um, pay attention because what happens with her has nothing to do with the Strega that's later on in that whole situation. Right, that's a completely different town, different city, like different whole scenario. Now, with, where Renfrey kind of comes into play here is that he, like, he's got to basically make a choice now because he goes like, out to the, you know, the forest rivers talking to his horse. She comes in, basically tells him the same thing, like, hey, killing Stregobor actually is the lesser evil. He's like, so both of them are trying to get Geralt to kill the other one, right? So he's got to make this like, internal choice, like, what do I do? And she seduces him. And right. like, you know, yeah. she sleeps with him, kind of puts like a really enchanted like spell type. He kind of seemed like he was fading in and out of like, consciousness, didn't know what was real, what was fake, and then woke up in the woods and realized he had to go to the marketplace because yeah. something like, like that was like the resounding thing. And um, he goes to the marketplace, and she's there. Like, 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 she, like all the bar patrons from the beginning are there ready to fight. And so uh, he makes the choice then and there. He's got to do it. So that when she comes out holding the blade to the little girl's throat, she's like, you chose. And he's like, dude, like, yeah. let, let go of the little girl. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. she, what she was trying to do with that, like, you know, for people who didn't understand, she was trying to draw Stregobor out because she realized that that was Stregobor's, um, like, messenger. Mm-hmm. So by, like, threatening to kill her, she thought he would come out to, like, protect her. And so at that point, Geralt has to basically save the little girl. Yeah. And it's really surprising, um how well they were able to fit that chemistry and connection in one episode. I mean, you look at things like, you know, Star Wars, they try to fit it in, and I still didn't feel like they fit it in the whole movie, right? Um, And that's why you almost feel torn as an audience, because you're like, well, man, like, I really wanted to find out more about this character, but I absolutely loved Geralt's decision, because it really showed, no matter what he felt his emotion was, they stick to their code, which was that bounty. And when you bring up the emotions there, apparently part of being a witcher, uh, it's supposed to devoid you of all emotions. You're not supposed to have any, like, when you become a witcher, you lose all your human emotions. That's, like, the ongoing thing. We're starting to see in the later episodes that, like, that's likely not the case, and it's only something that's said to demonize them more to make people dislike them. Right. But, so, you know, obviously he's, he, he felt some sort of way, like, yeah. he had to do that. And so that leads to one of the coolest action scenes. Yeah, that sword fight between him and Renfrey was really cool. Like, she tagged him a couple yeah. times. Mm-hmm. Like, got him good. No, you know what it reminded me of a little bit? Uh, it reminded me of the girl Jon Snow was with when he was with the Wildlings. Oh, and then when uh, she died, Ingrid. and then Ingrid, yeah. 
It's like you had all this feeling for both the two, but she still couldn't get on the same side as him. So in the end, it just both ended up tragic. Yeah, and again, the, like that was developed over episodes on episodes. This yeah, was like, they like, like threw it one, in one thing. That's that was a big issue for how much of an impact she has, like on him. They, it was really kind of rushed while she had to die flat out there. But it's kind of it was nice as like as a gesture. He takes her brooch at the end, and but this is where we start to see Strikeboard has the uh, ability to control people's minds, right? Because yeah. when everyone exactly. like, yeah. circles around and sees her right. dead, and he puts the, the sword to Strikeboard's throat, it's like if you touch her, you'll you'll right. fall next. And all of a sudden, he's like, "Why? Why would you do this in front of? Like, why would you kill these this woman in front of all these people in this town?" Right. And yeah. all some people start throwing rocks at him, and like really, oh yeah. yeah so he he like control people's minds to like instead of being, "Oh, he saved us." Oh, he's mm-hmm. a demon. He's the bad guy. Like right. he just recklessly killed this person in front of a town, and then even the girl who like his life he saved, she said, "You need to leave here and never come back." Right. Yeah. Like unbelievable. So he he like there's there's layers to Strakeboard man, and I I guess that I think he's gonna turn out to be one of the main villains that uh, come up later on. I feel like I gotta completely agree with the director's decision on this because that is a tough decision, and especially to only fit in eight episodes. For the first season, just to see how the audience responds, which right. has responded excellent. I mean, I rated this show very high, just as far as you know, just even being able to fit in the complex idea of this in eight episodes. It's hard enough for us to explain it to people. Sure. Um, but I, so I gotta say, I gotta completely agree with what he went with. I think it was. I think they probably could have dragged out. That whole little mini arc, easily over two or three episodes. But, um, for, yeah, I mean, that's what's great is you really find out who the villain is at the end of this episode. Right. Well, we don't know, I mean, the, the true villain of the whole area, because, like, there's more goes into it. I just think he's one of the higher end bad guys. But now, like, let's talk about the other part of uh, episode one, like, the city of Sintra. Right, we see, you know, Cirilla starts with her playing knuckle bones with, like, the commoners, and she's a princess, and she gets, like, escorted back to, like, the hall, as she starts dancing, and then, you know, the whole running thing was, like, it was a question, is this army going to attack us or not? Queen Calanthe is actually Cirilla's grandmother, she's, like, she's, like, super overconfident, like, ah, if they come, we've got this navy, like, we're all set, like, it doesn't matter. Like, Like, we start thinking that, and then... She gets like the the word whispered into her ear, like, "Hey, they're here." Like, yeah, and she's like, "Right." Which this is when you really got to pay attention as part of the audience because you yes. think you're really following along in episode two, just because you really this have is episode it. one or episode yeah, one. Okay, episode yeah, one. so still episode one, right? Yeah. Um, in episode one, and that's how early this timeline starts to kind of jump around. Because you still think it's a continuous timeline just from when it first started, and it's right. really think, not. Yeah, because what we need to mention is that this storyline follows three plot lines. The one for Geralt, the one for Yennefer, and the one for uh, Cirilla. And they're not all at the same time. Like, you know, yeah, so Cirilla's not. the present, but Geralt's is like years and years, like, you know, decades in the past. Right, before yeah. Before Cirilla was even thought of. You know what I mean? So, you know, kind of jumping into that, this is... It gets interesting here because you just think at this point in time everything is in the present. Yeah, everything, right, yeah. everything that you've seen so far is right. all happening in real time, and so uh, you know they start. They go out to have that little battle with Nilfgaard in the field. Uh, Ice, the king, he gets that arrow right, in the eye yeah. back that he dies. Calanthe like 
goes to confront the guy who killed her, which I kind of kind of stinks that we didn't get to see how that ended. Yes, yeah, right. All the thing this shows next is her like like mortally wounded in the bed, but which Calanthia? Let's let's bring that up because as far as you know, the first episode goes. You immediately think you're like, wow, this girl's a badass. Yeah, like you think she's like the nicest, like y'all, like this is this is the kind of queen I would want, mm-hmm. right? And we find out later on it's really not the case. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, you know, so like, you, you just have this like really big connection, like oh, how could something this bad happen to you know such a, such a great you know kingdom and like peaceful place, and you know, and then it gets it gets real hairy because yeah, it got to get Cirilla out, and this is where we kind of see the lack of Mausak's power as a maid. Mm. She tries to hold the door yeah can't do right. it and then like you know why wasn't he out there in the fields fighting with the king and queen right you know they, like it's just he was charged with protecting her and so it, they had to get her out of there and they she made her Aaron guy give suicide potions to everyone in the kingdom so like and then and that keep I should say everyone in the keep like, in the tower keep so that way they wouldn't be used tortured and abused by the invaders right so yeah. that city fell very quickly for how confident she was. They, they really weren't ready because she was thinking that they were going to have a navy from the sea. We found out later on what happens and why that never right. came. Yeah. But, so they, they fell to Nilfgaard and, uh, you know, Cirilla ends up, you know, trying to run off. Uh, the guy who's riding on the horse gets an arrow through the neck. She gets taken off by the bad guy. Yeah. Um, you know, the Kai here, you know, we, we learn a little bit more about him later on too. Kahir takes her. Like he, you know, he's got the prisoner. They, they were there for her. They needed to get her. She was the reason they wanted to take over Sintra, and they got her. And then all of a sudden, she's got the weird screaming power. Which, like, this is one thing I don't love. Like, I felt like it was the girl like, in X power, power screaming. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Like, either way, it was cool to see like how it split. That like big boulder mountain crashing the ground and the whole ground kind of like sunk down and she was yeah able to I thought it was the cool. woods so it's cool like to see what the power can do but can like can we like see something with like hands and like motions that stuff not ah! right <laughs> yeah. things happening it was just a little strange which so. I mean hopefully I mean hopefully they have plans for more in the future which I'm which sure they do because we saw right? later on like you know Cyril's mom in a couple episodes later like she. She had not even. She didn't have a lot of control over it. It was still like in chaos form, but it was more than just screaming. You know, like she kind of got lifted up until you know. I'm getting way too far ahead of myself, but I, I thought this was a super original idea. This like there was a lot of things in there. I'm like, okay, I see a little bit of Harry Potter. I see a little right. bit of you know Game of Thrones. I see a little bit of Mandalorian. Right? Like I, it's really cool. That was great. Thing. Yeah. You know, and that kind of brings us into episode two, which is where we meet Yennefer. Although, at that point in time, they call her Piglet because she's a hunchback with, like, a crooked jaw and, you know, just not physically appealing at all. And, like, everyone hates her. Like, yeah. she's treated like crap. Like, she did something so sweet. Like, it starts off with, you know, this boy and this girl, like, you know, flirting with each other, like, kissing. And, like, they, he tried to get her a daisy and she was mad that it wasn't roses. And then she, like, the, you know, poor Yennefer picks up the, like, daisies and, like, Tries to get him back, and they like they attack her. Yeah, they pin her re- down. They try to like kiss her, and like just. Ugh. You really feel uh, feel for this girl. Almost if y'all have seen the movie The Joker, which yeah, I, the new one. Yeah, the new yeah. one with Joaquin. It, uh, you really feel a sense of disturbance for her. Like she's almost hey. has she has that complete innocence, and everyone just wants to take it away. Uh, which I gotta say, as far as a brand new show. This was such a risky idea to do the time hop. 
and I think they pulled off. Long time hop was pulled off. It, it was masterful. It is it's reminiscent of when uh, George Lucas decided to put four, yeah. five, and six out before one, two, and three. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously on a smaller scale and in, in a series. But it was super cool. Very, it was played off really well. Very original. And at first, you're kind of like, like, what's going on like, here? Bells start going off season three, or not season. I'm sorry, episode three. And then, like, they, when episode four hits, you're like, okay, now I understand. The right. timelines are completely separate. Which this was something like completely genius. Like it wasn't like how, and I keep bringing this up. Unfortunately, we talked about this on the last episode, uh, last couple episodes, I guess I would say. As far as, like, Star Wars, you know, it's like they f- you felt like they were just hopping from here to there, here to there, completing these quests, right? Well, it didn't feel like that at all. Like, it was a actual, you know, complete, detailed outline that you can tell from the beginning, like, had a plan where it was all wrapped up. What I think was really cool, too, is there's a lot of subplots right. to the big plot, right? What's the big it plot? It was, yeah. Geralt needs to meet up with Cirilla. Like they like their destinies are supposed to collide. That's the big that's the big plot. The subplots are you know the, the, you know fighting like the monsters and getting paid for it, and meeting uh, you know the bard and, and going through like all the things that they went through. Uh, you know the dragon episode. Like, those are all little mini subplots. Right. While the big plot's still going on, which is really yeah. really cool. Right. Uh, the way they kind of broke that down. So you know back to episode two. Like the, you see that the directress of Aratusa. Uh, her name was uh, Tasea. She goes to that town where she's like, well, actually, no, I, I, I didn't even do that justice when they tackled that girl to the ground and like, like, like assaulting her. She pulled herself out of there. Yeah, this like, show doesn't hold anything back. I mean, if you have little kids... Maybe they don't watch it. Maybe they don't watch <laughs> it. Because it is... It's graphic. It's definitely for adults. It's got nudity, sexuality... Um, language. Language, violence... Uh, it's basically rated R. <laughs> I mean, that's why it's very Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's, it's very Game of Thrones. I would say it's going to be very, uh, very interesting over the next years. How you know, you know, Game of Thrones is actually filming its new yeah. uh, prequel series right now, and then also on Amazon, you know, you have the Amazon is coming up with their series for Lord of the Rings. So how these kind of all compete with each other? I mean, we could be seeing. You know the greatest new arc of medieval shows. I'm excited for it in the next next five years yeah. right here. It's gonna give us a lot yeah. of content to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And so you know, she gets portaled to this world where you kind of uh, meet another mage that's kind of on his own in like a, in a weird cavern. It was very strange how that kind of came about, but. Uh, he seems very, very impressed that she was able to draw a portal out of thin air and never been taught, had no sort of control. It's just something that she did out of desperation of her life. Right. It's like, you know, she was able to do that. And then when that happened, she, like, that was the way she got trapped by Taseya to go there. So Taseya takes her to this very, like, well, actually, th- I think this is a very important thing to point out. She goes there and asks how much to pay for a pig. He said 10 marks. Right, right, and she was and sold. So, and so, like, he goes, "How much for the girl?" And he said, uh, "Less than a pig." He, well, he's, well, he's, well, not he was less than a pig, but he he goes from eight to six to four. Right. He sells her for four marks. So he, to this this daughter of his is worth less to him because she's deformed and grotesque, 
you know, with the hunchback and the crooked jaw and you can't move around and it doesn't seem like, like apparently she's kind of useless when it comes to chores and stuff. Like in her father's eyes, she was worth less than a pig. And that's where you really feel that like, oh my gosh, like that's so sad. Like yeah. you feel a really deep sense of pity for her. Yeah, you really do. Um, goes way later on. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> this girl, honestly, <clears throat> which this almost like ties into our next uh, episode that we'll have, but she reminds me so close of Daenerys Targaryen. And, uh, or not, Yennefer does Yennefer. or Cirilla? Yennefer does. Okay. Um, going back to her, because what you see her do just in this first season, you know, how she was thought of so low, almost like how Danny, remember her brother, yeah. like was going to let the entire army take her. And the horses. <laughs> yeah, and the horses, which we'll get into that next week, but... It shows how she came from literally nothing, was given nothing, and then she earned it herself yeah. every step of the way. So it's interesting to see where that'll go with her. But then even going back to our main point, maybe she is just a subplot. I mean, even though she's a big part of this first season, down in the long run, is it really just going to be about Gerald and Cerulean? No, I, I, I mean, I think Gerald and Cerulean are like where, what's going to bring Sintra back. Like, 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 like that's because the whole reason Sintra fell, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but anyways, that, I think that he, like, that's going to be key to me bringing them back. But Yennefer is, is going to be an absolute huge piece going forward because she is the most, from what we've seen at the rawest form, the most powerful of the mages when, right. like when desperate, when needed, like she needs to learn how to control it, when to let loose the chaos, when to do stuff and things of that nature, which kind of brings us into what we were just talking about. She gets bought for four marks. They they bring her over to Aratuza, which is like the Hogwarts, uh, <laughs> uh, the Hogwarts awesome. of, of yeah. the Witcher. They, where they kind of learn how to do magic and how everything kind of takes something. So I thought one of the very cool things that they started out with is like, I want you to lift up the stone. And so Fringilla, like she does it first, and she like, she just kind of demonstrates that she's got the most control of anybody in the class. Right, right? Fringilla does. So she lifts it up. Then she like realizes like her hand turned grotesque and dead. Because she didn't take the energy from the flower, she did it from herself. Right. And so it's like, hey, like, like magic is you. This is this is a warning. Like, like magic, you need to take. It, it's a give and take. It's, everything's a balance. So you take from something else to do something, but you never can take it from yourself. You yeah. Take it from the earth. Take it from trees. Take it from whatever it is. And I think that was a really big, strong lesson. Yeah, uh, which makes me think for the future. You know, as even you kind of see in these next upcoming episodes like how far will this girl go um which i mean that gets into almost like the last episode but yeah um then okay yeah so i mean one thing that really stood out to me as far as this place <laughs> i would say it is almost like the abusive hogwarts like it's the hogwarts no one wanted <laughs> like, right? the hogwarts? <laughs> like if you, yeah like if you get the letter you're like please don't take me <laughs> like that's almost like the letter from you know hey you're getting sent hey we got a warrant from the state like no one wants that or the irs calls like well, no one wants that some people did like, like the one that are, who want power they do want that like Frangelo was absolutely ecstatic about being there Yennefer was scared. You know, she tried to take her own life. She didn't think she was worth anything to anybody, which is really sad. And, you know, what kind of viewpoint? And she did. She tried, she cut her wrists and, um, you know, tried to kill herself. Didn't work. And, uh, but it, to say it stuck with her because she saw the potential that she had. And 
you know, it was interesting because she got really upset that she didn't get chosen for the graduation, but it ended up being a good thing because the graduation, when you ascend, that means you aren't good enough. You get turned into an eel, and all the magical energy you have is just going yeah. to the fortress. So of going to that, <laughs> like, why? Why would they choose eels? Like, does that mean uh, anything? I mean, I mean, think about it in real life, like. Eels, if you touch them, you get like a shock. Like they've got an electric component to them, and a lot of like maybe like electromagnetic fields in the air, and like the energy is electric. So I think that kind of, you know, what else are you going to put? You know, seahorses. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like it's the only it's the only animal that that makes sense because like, it conducts water, like electricity in water. Right. Right. So I think I think the eels were a great choice. I don't yeah. know what else you would pick because they've got an electric component to them. Like you know, when you know, don't get shocked by an eel. Like what was yeah. that? What was that Disney movie where like Hercules, right? Where he grabbed it and like it, like shocked. Oh yeah, it shocked him. Right. I was so. gonna say, you know where they did try seahorses? Aquaman, and we know how that turned out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Going back to the Justice League. What yeah, happened well, there? We don't ever want to go back to the Justice League. Yeah, uh, but and then you start seeing that the relationship because every time that she would have like a trial, Jennifer would have a trial. Uh, set by Tessia, she would end up going back to her guy in that cave and like vent to him and tell him about these things. Right. And that's when you learn the reason she's got a lot of this raw power, unrefined power, is because she's part elf. Right. Which man, huh? The director really. I, I love how the director of this entire Netflix series, which I, I'm going to even say a bold predicament, a bold statement. I would say is that this entire show is what is going to keep Netflix competing with Disney Plus and all those other streaming services like HBO. It is my bold prediction is I think it will carry the Netflix series. Like there will be pe- there will be people that buy Netflix just for The Witcher in my opinion. I I mean do I think it's enough to save it? I, they've got to come up with some other things too. Right. Like, but this is this is really a good call, like a good yeah. call to answer. So we were wondering because Netflix is kind of the streaming service that started everything. Yeah. Right? But then we started seeing like you would never have any cool shows or movies to watch. It was all old stuff, and like man, they don't get anything new. Or like something like, someone else made, and they would just post it. Yeah, and it just, yeah. It, like it, it wasn't where HBO is, where they just had like you know they had Ballers, they had yeah Game of Thrones, Sopranos, Sopranos. They had so many like things that you were interested in watching that were always going on. Curtain enthusiasm. Then when even like comedy shows, right? Actually. And then when Disney Plus comes out, like it's got all Disney movies like ever like, from the nineties. Avengers. It's got Boy Meets World. Even Stevens. It's so weird. Yeah, and it's got The Mandalorian. The brand new thing to keep, <laughs> to keep up with. It's yeah. got like, the High School Musical series. Right. Yeah. Like, there's just so much going on. It's like man, like I'm starting to think that. They like, are they being, gonna, like, cut out of this? Yeah, way. they're starting to they lose, like, not stay afloat. Even Hulu, they have Letterkenny. It's, that's that's a fun show that, you know, if you haven't seen it, yeah. it's got nothing to do with fantasy or action adventure, but it's, just, it's a Canadian comedy. But, like, it's it's a, it's a cult classic that people love. And so you're starting to think to yourself, man, like, not, like right. Netflix is going to end up yeah. fizzling out. I mean, even Hulu, right? Hulu, I've actually never seen the show, so that's one we should probably watch. But everyone's talking about Handmaiden's Tale. And that's a big one over there right now. Or Amazon Prime. If you watch The Boys, like that's like gonna that and the whole Jack Ryan, which that's actually uh, Jack Ryan. I almost said Jack Reacher. <laughs> I'm not watching Jack Reacher. Sorry, that's on Prime too. Actually, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yeah. But no, uh, it's like that's kind of carrying them. So can this be like the original series for Netflix at the moment? 
that carries them. And I know, don't get me wrong, I'm a fan of these two. Like, uh, you know, 12, uh, 21 Reasons Why. Is it 21 Reasons? I can't remember. 13 Reasons. 13 Reasons. Yeah. See, that'll be like Selena's last season, 21 seasons. 21 right. Reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Give you, giving you a million reasons. Giving you a million reasons. <laughs> um, but I, I really do, that's my bold prediction for this show, is I think that this is going to be the show that starts to identify Netflix. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a marquee show right now. And so, uh, you know, and I think it, it's important as we jump kind of back into where we're at right now, uh, the, the relationship between uh, Yennefer and Tessia starts changing. It's like Tessia starts warming up to her and they start warming up to each other and like they start getting information. So when she gets transported back to that guy that she likes so much in the cave, like their relationship starts changing to like from just... Uh, confidant to a romantic interest. It almost reminded me of, because it was so quick, and then of course it cuts back, you know, later on right. this season. But it was such a quick, like, peak interest. It almost reminded me of, which this will go, you know, into our next big arc, which I keep bringing up because I'm such a GOT fan over here. My favorite character in Game of Thrones, besides Danny, because I, I love Danny, she's always my queen, so bend the knee is Dario Sahara. <laughs> it almost reminded me of that. Remember when he had that fling with Danny, and then she was like, you say Dario Naharis. Dario Naharis, yeah. yeah. Dario I said Sahara, whatever. Yeah. Name. Dario Naharis, wow. Now, yeah, now you're going to question me how much I love that show. Yeah, no. <laughs> but so much. There's, there's a reason why, though. Like, I mean, she... Remember, she completely left Dario in that area and just never came back. Which there's, I get it. There was some contract issues. He became a whole new person somehow. Which I actually like the second one better, ironically. I like the first one better myself. With I the heads, <laughs> throwing the heads. heads. Like he yeah. just seemed like someone that you know you would follow that guy. In a yeah. Minute. But anyway, we need to. We, 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 yeah, we have yeah, a terrible, terrible uh, tendency to when we jump off to a topic, we kind of run with it. Well, that's okay because it's leading into our next big deal. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't want to give away too many previews, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I, you know, that that relationship starts developing. You see it kind of turn into a romantic interest. You see that she betrays or he betrays her trust and tells Stregobor that she's part elf. And they use that as, as an excuse of why she can't go to the kingdom that she wants to go to. They overrule because the, the kind of like the head council mage is like Fringilla's is a grandfather, I think. Yeah. And so the, she kind of gets priority, and they want to give it to her. Right. And so that's when she finds out she's going to Nilfgaard, and uh, she doesn't want to go there at all. So she decides that she's going to take matters in her own hands. So she goes to the the uh, mage crafter who's like supposed to be an artist with all this stuff and she didn't even want to go to the ceremony she was just going to say no I'm done with it but then she had that big blow argument he said that really hurtful like line to her yeah. about like no one loving her and that's when she's like I'm going to show all of you yeah. and then uh, like as as that's going on you know uh, like that, that's when we kind of see the bard and the like the Geralt they're they're kind of going through their own area where she he wants to stick around to get a good song he, they, he gets hired to remove some of the elves from the land they pay him in advance he gets up there like that weird like devil bull like goat horn guy yeah, that gores yeah. him uh, you know he he bests that guy then he gets kicked in the head by an elf and like he's tied up and like they're ready to kill him they start right. talking about like yeah. the, that's when he's talking about the great cleanse you know humans hate elves. Uh, they cut off their ears. They do like some weird stuff. Like 
like everything it seems like all everything in fantasy like makes humans hate elves. I don't understand like where that. Not is true unless you're Legolas. I mean, right? Every, unless it's Lord of the Rings. Of course, but. every girl out there loves Legolas. I was kind of like he took down an elephant. I mean, ironically, he's like the only Lord of the Rings Funko Pop I had. <laughs> but uh, and I was a big Legolas fan when you know those movies came out when I was in sixth grade and I read the books. But, uh, that is true. That's an interesting point. I feel like, yeah, every series, <clears throat> I can't even think of like a sci-fi series right. where like, they like, remember the like series I was telling you about the re revelations. It's the same thing in that, like the elves are second class citizens. Like they were once very, very powerful, but like humans always want, it's like the, the running narrative of all the fantasies, like, like humans, they want power and they right, take yeah. over everything and they're going to like, you know, ruin stuff. Like, like they do in real life, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, so it's just interesting that they they are on their own there. They want the elves gone off their territory after they almost killed the elves to extinction. And Gail's like, you know what, guys? Like, I'm with you. You know, yeah. Like, I'm an outcast. Like, no one, like, you know, I'm, I I feel it. Like, you know, you're not going to get any further problem for me. He even gave them the money that uh, he was given up front to get rid of them. Right. Yeah. And so they he, like they let him live because Gail smartly didn't kill the goat guy. He's like, hey, listen. Yeah. He didn't kill me. Like let's let's let him go, and then and then we get our amazing song from the bard who kind of really embellishes everything that would happen. Right, it seemed like Gerald just like went through that whole thing by himself. Um, Which it makes you wonder, like as far as you know, given the heart that Gerald has, like my another prediction, small prediction. I think that's really going to wind up paying off for him in the later seasons because we don't know where this is going to go. Um, but that even goes into what we'll talk about later on how there's other witchers involved and how a lot of them are just in it for the money. Yeah, I mean, actually, right right now, this is, it kind of is a perfect lead into episode three because it starts off, you see like, another witcher. Like, that's the first thing you see is like I'm paying another witcher to do a job. That witcher tries to do that job. And what happens to him? he dies. <laughs> and who else did it for half? Right. Less than half. No, actually, it was a quarter, and he did it after a job. But uh, that mage ended up paying him more than that anyways. But... So it starts off with the boy calling like a, a Voodkulak, and like that's supposed to be like some sort of end of being a completely different monster. But either way, like the Witcher tries to fight it, and it just kills him. But the like the whole running narrative is that that Witcher took the money and ran off. So it makes like people even more mistrustful of Witchers because right. like that was that running narrative, and you see Geralt confront the person who started that that uh, narrative that he just took the money and ran, but. The alternate of that was like, listen, like this, like not even Witcher could stop this monster, though. So that it, was yeah. like, it was like, what, what do we put out there to the people? And I love that point, which later on, kind of jumping, you know, when Girl does take the job, they always they said to him, "Well, what happens if you can't beat this thing?" He said, "I die." Yeah. Like, I mean, it really goes to show what their risk is here, and how you know good of a heart he really does have. Like, like he said earlier. You know, when he was even talking to um, Renfrey, uh, I think he mentioned it to her, when he was like, he didn't even want to become a witcher. It wasn't a choice. Yeah. So, uh, which that, you know, and then he goes on and then we kind of get introduced to the Striga. Yeah, this is, this is the episode. This is the episode yeah. with the Striga, which basically to break it down in simplest forms, because like, I know it can get confusing. Uh, the king had consensual sex with his sister. That was consensual, and his sister got pregnant by the king, right? Geralt kind of figures that out ahead of time, but it, like the rumor is by the city watch guy 
that the king raped her wasn't the case. The city watch guy was actually the one raping her, having sex with her, like, against her will because he loved, they loved each other. And that's what the, uh, Geralt found that out by smelling his scent on her bed. Really interesting way to kind of solve Yeah, things. that was very... That was kind of cool. <clears throat> very like interesting. That. Yeah. And so, like, that's when, like, it kind of flips. So you think the king's the bad guy, and, like, you know, he's hiding all his stuff. Like, he had sex with his sister, then had her killed before right, he yeah. found out, and he had to be kicked off, like, court. Like, they would have, like, overthrown it. Like, that wasn't the case. Uh, it was because of the city watch, that guy, he he wanted her for himself. Right. And then when she obviously was in love with her brother, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, then that's when he put a curse on on the uh, the king's sister, basically. So when she uh, was pregnant and she died, like the, the baby came out as a monster and like from the hours of whatever, like, like, you know, was it, like the 12th hour until dawn, it's this just monstrous killing machine. Right, yeah. And... So, yeah, I mean, it. I couldn't really understand. One issue I kind of had with the monster was I feel like it didn't really explain its power as well as far as, like, what its weaknesses were and what it, you know, its strengths were because it felt like it just kind of, like, ripped them apart. And that's kind of a fair point, too, to the aspect of the only thing that we know about the Striga is, like, when he realizes it wasn't a Voodvalak, it was a Striga, he's like, ah, I only know one thing that this pig can eat her because he examined the second witch's body and it was missing a heart and a liver. Yeah. And he kind of realized, like, we don't know, you know, is this something that happens all over the place? Do other people put curses? Are there a lot of Strigas? Like, like, it rem- or point, yeah. like it made me think of the creature of the Black Lagoon, like, where it just kind of came up from the ground. And, like, there it was. You yeah. know, like, okay, well, this thing's in a cave. And, I mean, that just adds to the subplot. He was, you know, he was supposed to kill it, but, like, he... The City Watch guy wanted to kill it. The king and the mage wanted him to save it so they could try to, like, bring the child back to right. civilization and raise it as, as an old kid, and that's what he ended up doing. And I thought that, that fight was really cool yeah. between the two of them. And you know, he, like, sealed the like he sealed the tomb so she couldn't get in, and at dawn, it's, like, the naked like girl but like she attacks him and like basically almost kills him like, right he hits yeah. him with a claw on yeah. the neck and like he bites her <laughs> he bites her back which is pretty funny yeah but um so like explain this to me um was she becoming the striga or was she almost like birthing this thing who the the, the girl the human we're going to find on the, the exactly like, up the like that. human on the ground so she was a striga like that that's gotcha. her so like she's she's a normal child like, but she's supposed to be dead, so she's in the tomb. She becomes she, it, right? She can't get out of the tomb until the twelfth hour, so midnight, basically, and then midnight till dawn, she wreaks havoc as the Striga. Gotcha. So she's like sealed in the tomb as a human. Which I wish oh. I knew more about, like the twelfth hour, right. because it, it's like those sort of things. As far as the Striga goes, like that was one small issue I have with this show. It was. I felt like we didn't know enough about it. Like, it was just kind of there, and it was there for an action sequence. Almost like it was a bigger part in the books or something. And, or like, however they had it in the scripts, and then they needed to cut part out. All the monsters that he fights, they, they they never have a big, like, point to them. Like even if we even go the first one, yeah, the dragons. Yeah, like, you know, so it's true, like, yeah. Like, no, the, like the, none of them come back outside of Renfrey, who has like a hold on, like like a hold on Geralt's heart. 
Like, none of his big fights and monsters that you kill have really hold any significance. They're just subplots. Just to, there. To get, yeah. you know, to show you, you know, what he does on a day-to-day basis, like his powers, his ability, on his way to, like, finding his destiny. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with it too much because, you know... Because you can only... You can only do so much. Only in so much. Right, and on right. top of that, like, if it's not an important piece to the kingdom, like, it's not like everyone's out here putting curses on kids making them strigas, right? But, yeah. you know, that's... That, that's kind of like what episode three kind of started doing. And then this is where I, I started to notice in episode three that the timelines were strange. Because now the mages, they had that weird council when now that Yennefer's, like, was fixed by that artist. Like, it had yeah. the king and the king's sister as children at that dance. And, like, he was messing with her, and he was she was telling him, the mother was telling him, who was the queen at that time, Put your hands off your sister. Right, yeah. So that king and the sister, we got to see, like, okay, something's changed with the timeline because, like, she's dead and he's, like, a grown up and, like, in the, right. in the Geralt's timeline. Yeah. So now, like, is Yennefer older than Geralt? That's yeah. what we're starting, like, 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 we start wondering, like, who's, like, older here? Like, where are the timelines? Like, you start. So then, like, when I first saw it, I was like, maybe, maybe, like, that's, like, I know I got the names right. I know that's who they are. But maybe it's, like, different. I don't know. I, just, I, I started, yeah. The wheels start turning, like, hmm, I think the timelines aren't... Like, That's what it... Here. Like, yeah, I really had to almost... Because I remember when I was watching this show, I was at first started it, and I was like, oh, okay, we're going to see how good this is. I had no idea. I had to pay attention, like I'm watching a Game of Thrones show. So I was actually working out as I was watching it for this episode, and then I had to go back and rewatch it twice... Because I was, like, sitting here thinking, and I even went back to the episode before, I was like, did I fall asleep, like, in my brain or something? Like, what's, what is going on here? And, yeah, that's when they kind of start doing some of the time jumps. Yeah, episode four was a big boom, but episode three is where I started, at least. I, I picked up on it. I don't know how people, if you missed it, go back and watch uh, th- uh, episode three. After Yennefer goes through her transformation, she goes into that big dance, and she sees everyone there. In that big dance court... But they they tell like the king of Tamaria, hey, get your hands off your sister when they were kids. So in this same episode, we see them as like see the king as an adult, then we see him as a kid, and like that was later on in the episode. So it's like okay, I'm starting to realize something strange about the time. And you know, we also have got to mention about like when he whenever Geralt fights. What is that potion thing that he drinks that turns his eyes black yeah. and like, he gets like an extra boost of power? Like, is that from a plant? Is that where the witch's power come from? Is it infinite? Does it run out? Like we need to start. Like I, that's my questions for that. Like, yeah, him, yeah. We didn't what ever is this elixir? Because then, like, remember it broke on him and he was like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he like, great. Yeah. So it's like that obviously holds some sort of importance. But then he had it in the next episode again. Like he had another bottle of stuff. Like so, is, I don't know. Is it a plant? What does it do? Um, that's something, that's a question I want answered. Like, he almost, like, I hear this all the time, too, from people. He almost has, like, a demonic, <laughs> I always hit things here. But yeah. He has, like, a demonic, um, entity, almost. Like, almost like he has that, uh, he does draw that <clears throat> altered genetic ability from, like, some sort of spirit, whether it's magic, whatever it is. Yeah. But, yeah, I did feel like this was the spinach like Popeye's spinach for him. It is. No, it is. <laughs> yeah. but like we just need to know what it is. What's like? What's the substance? Is it is it finite or is it something he's always going to have access to? Like what happens like later in, in the series if 
you know, he's got to fight this big badass whatever, and he yeah. doesn't have it because right. like, is is he done? Does he need like help from the mages? Like, what's going to happen? So, and I'm interested in knowing like what is it in that bottle? Right. Yeah, Superman's kryptonite. Right. <laughs> and then this is like you know we've been kind of uh, not really diving into Cyrilla's timeline that much because that's the actual present. And so at this point, while this is all going on in Geralt's timeline and Yennefer's timeline, Cyrilla. She ends up in that weird wake trance and right. runs into Brockland Forest, which is like a cursed woods. Like it's people who have bad intentions, they go there and they die. Yeah. Right. So like you know they make her. You know we'll we'll get into episode four because really honestly the whole all all that was really good is good intention grabber. Episode four was the big boom. Yeah, you really realize was. everything, yeah. man. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a big episode. Yeah, so but let's let's jump into episode four because I've got uh, I got a few pages on four. episode four, man. That so, was and honestly, in my opinion, episode four you really get to see one of the coolest monsters get taken down in this episode, which it almost reminded me of like an old horror film, like The Exorcist or something, uh, but it. And then you, you know, you wind up finding out the relationship that kind of starts to aspire between, you know, Gerald, and then you also have Yennefer. Mm-hmm. So, go into that. Yeah, no, so, uh, this is episode four, that's where, uh, you know, like I said, we start getting, kind of realizing the time difference, because it starts right off, like, Malsack is, like, like available there. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, like, he returns... Uh, you see the Calanthe, she's there again. They like, wait, I saw you jump out a window and die in episode one. What are you doing here? Right, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And so that's when you're like, okay, obviously there's like, you know, even the king who got shot, like, like the eye, uh, that be- it shows before he was married to her. This is the episode where everything kind of comes together before they start merging the timelines and it gets up close. So, like, you know, it shows. Uh, you know, in, in that Geralt comes there as kind of the bard's protector in that weird wedding, because um, he hide, he the bard he's kind of like a devious little guy. He sleeps with some of the uh, royal people's wives, and so he wants Geralt <laughs> there as like a as um, basically a bodyguard. It's kind of like Tyrion. You think so? <laughs> if Tyrion was uh, the way he was in season one and two. And had the same role as he had in season eight. <laughs> That's what he is. Um, it doesn't have quite the sarcasm, but I actually kind of like this character. I thought it was good. I mean, whether it was for comedic effect or not, or he'll play a larger role going on. I mean, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, and like this is where we start to see, like, because now that we know that the timelines are different, we see someone who looks very much like Cirilla. And obviously, you know that's Pavetta. It's her mom, right? Right. So, uh, you know, this is this is where we see Cyril's timeline is the present, Geralt's the past, Yennefer is super past, and they all start merging. Now, this is also where we start to realize that Sintra and Calanthe, they're not that ideal, you know, queen monarch and like civilization, right? Because yeah, definitely not. Like she's trying to have her daughter married to you know, another, like, a prince of who's got a strong army and they can, like, hold their power together as opposed to letting her, lo- like, marry for love. And she really disgraces Nilfgaard. Like, right. that guy tells her, like, you know, like, uh, I want to marry um, your daughter. Like, we'll be, like, the two, like, power cornerstones of the north and the south. You know, then, then kind of, like, looks at this guy and is like, you know, 
Nilfgaard's the shit rag. <laughs> yeah, that's like, her exact words. She's like, Nilfgaard's <clears throat> the shit rag of the South, and that's saying something. She disrespected this entire country in her court. Like, yeah. Not only by denying the marriage, but like like demeaning them as a people. So right. It's like okay, yeah. I kind of see why Nilfgaard wanted to destroy your yeah, entire city. Right. <laughs> like okay, exactly. that kind of yeah. makes sense now. So she's not that like all loving, all caring that you kind of see in episode one, and you like wow, how could this bad thing happen to such great people? Right. Like, no, like like she she's kind of a, like a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Know? And so and that this is where we start to see that. Uh, uh, the law of surprise, and I think I've got to explain the law of surprise a little bit to people because I think it's kind of confusing. Uh, they all they, they had the plan to marry uh, her to like the big redheaded guy because the army's there. Um, they were about to bring him up to do it, and all of a sudden, like burst through the door, this knight in a helmet is like, you know, I, I beg an yeah, audience, right. right? He like fights off a little bit of like the knights there just to get to in front of him and making deals before and she's like, Who are you to come into my <clears throat> like my uh, castle here? Like and interrupt this the ceremony without even showing her face and he's like, I can't until the twelfth hour and yeah. then Ice, the guy who ends up becoming the king later on, like, grabs, like, ah, screw that, grabs his helmet <laughs> off and we see Sock the headshot. Here we go. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And this is what was so cool at this moment. Like, if you, you know, say you were, like, kind of watching it in the background as you were studying or you were working out, whatever you're doing, this was the moment where you kind of had to stop. And you were like, okay, like, how did Gerald get there? Like, that makes no sense. Like, Gerald? Uh, Well, yeah. And you're kind of like, well, realizing the time jump at this point. Because, you know, he can't just, he didn't just, like, transport there and take this big role out of nowhere. So you start wondering, like, how far in the past is this, like, where are we really at at this point? Right. I mean, the, he was, his adventures with the Bard kind of led him there. Like, you know, uh, this is, this is the time where, uh, the, he, like, they hires him as a bodyguard to protect him from just, like, right. The, so that's why he's there, and he's not even in his Witcher outfit, which he's really upset yeah, about. Yeah, right. Right, so... Um, yeah, so, I mean, he, he appears there, and he didn't want to go. He doesn't want anything to do with it. You mm-hmm. can see, because she, the queen, tried to ask him multiple times, like, hey, I, don't, I, I can count on you to, like, you know, kick out all the riffraff. Yeah, right. right. Basically, like, pushing him. She knew what was going to happen, in a way. She kind of knew what was going to happen, and I think that's really... When, he, when Geralt says this at, after she tries to have Dooney killed and he steps in, how sick was that when that axe was coming down? Oh, so and sick. then he comes like a baseball so so and yeah. cuts the head off the axe and then right. they just start messing up and Ice, the guy that like, yeah, is in love with Clanty, he decides to join Geralt and uh, the Hedgehog's team. Yeah, that was awesome. That was so sick. That was really that cool. Was so that was sick. sick. He's like, nah, man, I'm all that about the sick. tradition, the law of surprise. Like, listen, like this is something that, that was, must be that honored. Cool. And like that was super, super cool. I didn't really like the whole idea that he was a hedgehog. Like, I thought that was kind of, you know, out there. <laughs> like, okay, like, what are we watching, right? Like, Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> like they were saying. Um, but I think it raises the question of, in the future seasons, are we going to start to see, you know, some of that time jump to the past? And maybe that's why these civilians, these people, these kings, governments, queens over here start to distrust these witchers and how they almost separate themselves from making their own choices, right? Mm-hmm. Almost like Achilles said in, you know, the Iliad, or if you're looking at the movie Troy, you're fighting for kings that don't even know what their end goal is. 
So you're just told what to do. And then you really make, you see Gerald make the decision here. Like, I'm just going to do whatever I feel is right. Yeah. So, um, it, the only other issue in this scene, right, when you start to see, you know, all the fighting and everything go down, was like afterwards when they were like, I feel like it was very cheesy, kind of little cliche. Like him and the girl, you know, that you soon find out in a minute we'll go into, <clears throat> was like the love of his life. So he was like claiming her hand in marriage. They were spinning in this like tornado thing. I don't know, man. I felt like it was a little bit Wizard of Oz. <laughs> well, I think that none of us really know because even then, like, hey, he's got power. When he left there, like, she, you, good luck with that. Like, she's got this strange power that she doesn't even know how to control. Yeah, it's right. Chaos, yeah. right? So, like, you know, and I think we, we jump over a big part how there was treachery in that too. So even after she calls a halt to everything, she goes to pretend fake accept the marriage proposal and tries to kill the yeah, guy. Right. Throws a knife to his throat. That's when you see the big scream power again. But then, like, she starts speaking that elder language, and they're up in the tornado spinning and spinning and spinning and, like, doing that whole deal. Like, there's something... What is it to this power? Like, what can it do? What ha Like, what are its abilities? Like, all I've seen so far... Right. Screaming. Exactly, And then, yeah. like, levitation with, like, an impenetrable vortex around it. And, like, you know, he had, like... Like, Mousehack had to use all of his strength to try to get it to slow down enough for Geralt to get in there and shoot, like, this little magic shot at them and, like, yeah. get him down. But, but regardless, and, you know, Ice, you know what, let's, let's shout out to Ice real quick, using his little position there to uh, become the king of Sintra by uh, stating, like, hey, if you don't accept this uh, decision by Calanthe, well, you have to fight yeah, that was pretty like, good. The, like the uh, guys of Skellig, like the Arnavia of Skellig, because uh, she just accepted my marriage proposal. And she went to the side because, like, he's like, he didn't propose to me and I didn't accept it. He just did it, and, he, and she couldn't deny it at that point. It was oh, like, yeah. she couldn't be like, no, I didn't. You know what I mean? So she, like, saw him, like, she, like, you trapped me into that, you sly little dog. She, she respected yeah. the move, though, and I, I thought that was, that was super cool. Well, that was almost as Game of Thrones esque going into, you know, our next few episodes. Remember when Tyrion demanded a trial by combat? Like, they didn't like that either. But at the same time, they were like, we have to uphold it because of who you are. I mean, you are still our brother in this case. And same thing with him. You know, he was in that whole line. So they didn't really have a choice. Well, I mean, I guess they technically could add. Well, the, the knight, or like the, what's the name, Sir Urch Urchin was like the, the hedgehog's name. But I'm talking about uh, Iced, the guy that, uh, like, who got the arrow in the eye in the first episode. Oh, Him. okay. He, yeah. like, he, like, he swindled his way into the proposal with the Queen Calanthe. Because, right. like, she, like, they were, you could see it, it was on a turning point in, in that room where, like, hey, were they going to accept, like, the Queen's decision to, like, give, like, the, the, the hedgehog to the like the princess yeah and like, right. like she's like oh well I, I almost got to now after that big tornado thing they all saw the power they started being scared and then like he's like anyone who challenges this they also are challenging us to Skelly because I just proposed to her and she accepted and like the queen not the princess uh, Pavetta the queen Calanthe she, she looks at him and she's like you just trapped me into a marriage with you because he tried to marry her a couple right, times. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so like I thought that was super sly of him very Which big power who does that sound like? Yeah. Uh, Sounds like some guy we know from season, you know, season seven that got his throat cut. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit, like Littlefinger. <laughs> Honestly, yes, but like yeah. better intentions. Better intentions. Like he's, Maybe. Like, he wasn't. 
he well, he didn't last long enough for us to know. Well, that's right. It, right? <laughs> like, was, yeah, that yeah, goes like, all the way back to Rinfrey. Like geez. she didn't last long enough to really know her background. Yeah, but it was a huge impact on yeah. the world. It was interesting, and so uh, yeah, that's what it starts to come to as well. And I think that we kind of did a disservice too when I think about when we went over uh, episode three and all of that. We we really haven't talked much about. Uh, Gerald finding the the genie bottle, the gin. That's yeah. That's what I really wanted to go into. Yeah. As far as this part really leads into, I would say one of the bigger bigger monster fights in the show. Um, I want to say it reminded me of like if The Conjuring wanted to pick out a Lord of the Rings episode. <laughs> This is, like, what you have. Almost as if they picked three guys, like, say Aragorn, Gimli, and then you had Legolas decided to go fight the Exorcist. Like, this is what we had at this point, and then Aragorn's job was to save everybody. <laughs> like, I felt like that's almost what it was. It, I think it's strange, because like, how does it start out? It starts out with him, like, trying to fish to sleep, finds the gin bottle, like, the, uh, the bard gets struck in the neck with some magical thing, and he's, like, starting to die, throat's starting to swell up, and, like... He might not be able to talk or sing anymore. He goes there. Like, like it's not like three good guys fighting like the djinn. Like, Yennefer is yeah, trying right. to, like, harness the power. So now that the the, um, the vessel had broken uh, after he threw it on the ground, like, the djinn was, like, a free, free will almost because they had three wishes that they had to give, right? And so, and kind of like a, like a quick, uh, what's it, what do you call that, uh, Swift of hand? I don't even know what you call that. Sleight of hand. Sleight of hand. Yeah, it's like yeah. sleight of hand. Sleight of hand. You know, you, really, yeah. you think during the whole time that uh, the bard is the one with the wishes. Right. But in, in reality, the witcher, yeah. like, Geralt has the three wishes. So she, you start seeing the Yennefer is like very, very power hungry, but not, not because, I think it's not because, she says she wants everything, but I believe it's because she wants to be as beautiful as she is with all the powers that she has and the control, but she also wants to be able to give birth and have a child and have a baby. Because now her she doesn't have the choice to do so anymore because part of the fact of you know she had to give that up to be who she is now. So right. She wants well, my my opinion is that when she says she wants everything, I think it's that she really just wants to be who she is and how she is with the ability to have a kid. So uh, she wants to become this new vessel for the jinn right, to like, yeah. take over because exactly. she thinks that she's right. going to be all powerful and do, like like you can mm-hmm. fix this right. Yeah. You know so uh, it, it was it was really interesting to see. Her, you know, basically fix the bard for free, free of coin, because she started to take the girl a little bit, and they had their own little uh, uh, fun time afterwards. <laughs> yeah, in, in the broken yeah. rubble. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, like uh, they, that was really interesting to see. You know, the 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 gin fight. It was more of here's the bard is kind of like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to wish anything. I wish to be out of here very badly. I don't want any part of this. To Yennefer, like, like trying to make herself the the conduit, right. the new vessel for the the gin. And there's like, which she was kind of like in jail because like she she was the first person. I think this is important to note: the first person that magic worked on Geralt for. Like, no one is able to get magic to work on a Witcher. Right, and it worked for him. Yeah, that's like, what she did it. Like, because then I started thinking that you've got some human emotion. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, I have a. I liked it. Actually, this was, ironically, you know, my favorite, I guess, monster fight that I saw in this entire season. However, I do have some issues with it. Um, my first issue is, of course, because of that, right, you really, 
don't see much of the guy she originally was with until towards the complete end of the show almost. Uh, so you kind of get robbed of his piece, which hopefully we find out later. Um, and then, What's you know, guy? Uh, the guy she was with when she wasn't, you know, attracted. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, the guy in the cave. Yeah, so yeah but yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he got sent on his, um, what's it called, uh, his job to be like an archaeologist now, because we, we see him like Right, yeah. Yeah, him, which like, you, you do. Know. Um, but, and then my other point is, you know, as far as when he really starts to come in contact with Yennefer, I felt like they were trying to put in a little bit of the Spartacus sense. Like, when she was with the orgies and all that stuff going on. Yeah, the whole illusion of all the orgies. Yeah, and they're sitting in the bathtub, and she's like, don't look at me. And he's like, well, we know we both are. So, it is, like, kind of just intenses this moment to where, you know, like, they really just wanted to hook up with each other. Yeah, and there was a big sexual, what's it called, uh, tension. Big sexual that's tension for sure. between them. Yeah, that's for sure. And it kind of, like, blows up, because after, like, they get rid of the gin finally, like 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 they cast it off, and like she's like, oh well, now look what she did, it's gonna wreak havoc. He's like, no, it's yeah. not. Like you know how like when was the last time you were happy when you were trapped? Right. Really awesome like anecdote for later on. That's like that's a foreshadow and everything, right? Oh yeah. So no, uh, that was really cool. He said that, and then so they he they the whole tower thingy collapses on the inside. The bard and the the, the weird healer who was an elf, like they thought like they were dead. The one that right. Was in love yeah. And a fur they go in and they see him in the window just banging. <laughs> yeah. Straight, just straight like sexual intercourse right on the screen. <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, very Game of Thrones. Very first episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah. But you know what it felt like, like when they beat that thing. If you've ever seen Dragon Ball Super at all, or even like going back to Dragon Ball when they do the containment spell, they're like containment, and it gets like trapped. That's literally what I felt like we were watching here. It was just they decided to make almost a Lord of the Rings horror film out of it and put that in there. So I was very much satisfied. As in the end, I was like, ah, maybe that's... I know it's not an Easter egg, but in my mind, I wanted to be like, I caught the Easter egg. I get you. (laughs) Yeah, no, so I I think that was something that we had to kind of jump back on. We start talking about the monsters that he's fought and you know, that was one of the big things because, you know, where is the gin? Like who creates the gins? You know, and like, you know, yeah. like, like uh, how do they get trapped into their vessels? So they're so powerful, you saw like what it could do, you know, against a witcher, uh, very powerful mage, like, you know, where do these things come from? And I hope that's something that gets answered later on. Um, it's almost like um, that brings up the question of, you know, how these people are you know, fans are almost thinking, like, is he, like, somewhat demonic, a witcher, right? It almost puts in a complete distinction of the witcher isn't demonic because the jinn are almost using the power of possession at this point. Right, like evil spe- it's almost like an evil spirit, right? That's right. just got the ability to act on a physical plane. Yeah. Because it takes no physical form itself. So right. It's almost like an evil, almost like a dementor, but, yeah. like, fucking like grand wishes. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Yeah, and So exactly. that's what we think, too. Like, like, what was that last wish? Because we think, like, you know, we hear about it in the, in the Dragon episode, like, the wish had something to do with, like, him wanting to be around Yennefer, like, them being in each other's lives. We don't know, like, you know, if he's like, I want to be with her, or what that is, or, like, if he wished for it to go away. We don't know what the exact wish was, and we are kind of alluded to it in the Dragon episode. But before we get to the Dragon episode, I think it's really important that we finish off the, the important episode four, where... 
uh, as repayment for saving, you know, the you know, Lord Urchin, who was the hedgehog, before, yeah, right. after, he, after he kissed her and they were married, like, the curse was broken. Uh, very Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> very Beauty and the Beast there. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, he's like, I'll get God repay you for it. And he's like, well, you know what, then I'll enact the law of surprise like you did, and I'll never come collect. Like, was his, right. his yeah. thought process. He didn't want anything for, like, saving him. But then when he said he enacted the law of surprise, and Pavetta, like, puked, like, threw up, like, that sickness, like, that morning sickness type deal, like, like oh, shoot, she's pregnant. Right, Now yeah. that child's, like, attached to him. Starting to wonder. And it, it could be part of the, like, you know, maybe part of Geralt's fault that, uh, Sintra fell. Like, Sintra obviously fell because of Calanthe's arrogance, uh, her disrespect towards Nilfgaard, but also because Geralt didn't stick around to, uh, you know, right, to help, yeah. like, not maybe like, be a bodyguard to the kid, whatever it may be. He just decided, oh, fuck destiny. Right. Like, he's saying, I want nothing to do with, like, I don't believe in it. I think it's just something to help people think there's an order to things and there's not. Yeah. Like, which so, really goes yeah. into the point of you start to kind of pick up on these little hints here on why that entire, you know, that entire legion, basically, that entire race, whatever you want to call it, in that world, really hates these witchers, because in the end, they really do look out after themselves in their own code, right? Um, which, one scene we didn't talk about, going back to a little bit, right, is, you know, because we did talk about as far as the witcher goes, and you do have... You know, that whole scene with Gerald and Yennefer, where they get together on spur of the moment, right? Remember the scene going back to almost, I think it was episode two, at the very end, maybe episode three, where Yennefer is basically hooking up with that guy in front of all those people. Like, was that... Like, well, no, that was a conjuring. Like that was because that was when she was still a hunchback. Right. That was when she was still like, deformed. Yeah. Uh, so she conjured that to give them applause, like an audience. She wasn't acting like that wasn't real. Mm-hmm. She wasn't really like they weren't really there. So, gotcha. It's yeah, almost so like she's she taking control for herself, kind of. More of the long lines of like she want. I, I think that really ties into the fact that she wants to be loved and adored. Right. Because like you know she spent her whole life growing up like. And, you know, she was, like, in slept with the pigs. They called her Piglet. Like, yeah, she, right. Like, no place indoors, and father didn't love her. So, like, she, like, always wants, like, adoration and attention and love. And I think that's really more than anything what that leads into. That's why she, like, conjures a lot of people. Like, oh, like, look at you. You did an amazing job having sex yeah. for the first time. You're so great. Like, like oh, that's like, so cool. Yeah. Like, they're all clapping for her. Like, yeah, we got applause. So, I think it's because she, she has that innate need to be uh, wanted and desired and loved. So, that's where I think that came in. Yeah, gotcha. Now... What I think, it's, it's, this is where we start to go back to the first episode, because of the timeline convergence, you know, where she tells uh, Cyrilla that she needs to find Geralt of Rivia, because she understands that now it's his destiny, like, they're, they're, like that's your destiny, and Renfrey in the beginning of that same episode one told uh, Geralt, like, hey, the, the, the woman in your wood, like, the girl in the woods is your destiny, and at that right. time, like, as a viewer, you're thinking, oh, you're talking about her, Renfrey, yeah. she has found him in the woods, right? Wrong. So, uh, like, so that, I think that it's likely that um, my my big take and my prediction is that she's going to be able to reclaim Sintra because their destinies are going to be fulfilled. Like they're they're going to together reclaim Sintra. They're going to defeat Nilfgaard. I, that that's what I really think. That's my hot take. 
is that now that they're together, just to be together, they're going to rebuild the city of Sintra, and she's going to be a new powerful monarch who's just and fair. She's learned from the mistakes, from hearing from her elf, like the dark elf friend in the woods that's helped her out, and the people like the, at the campsites who curse her grandmother's name because of certain things. She's going to be like that all, you know, try to be the just queen. Now, that's what I think it's going to end up headed to uh, myself. Now, um, that, that kind of cuts back to now it does cut back to the present in that same episode four because he, they, remember like they cut open Calanthe's skin after she fell out, out the window and like, right, ate yeah. it, and then they were able to do like a locator spell and find out the fact that uh, Cirilla is in Brockland Forest, right? And, like you know, so and that kind of leads us into our episode which, five. Which bring into that, right? It really just makes me wonder if. Jennifer, like, I get it. She's she's a big part of the show, and right now is definitely, you know, undeniably a major character, but plays a major role. You sh- It makes me wonder if the show is going to start to progress more towards just Gerald and Cirilla. I don't think so, because every single court needs a mage, and mages are a really big, important part of the thing. Like, like we still, like, the council's still there. Um, Stregobor is still, like, you know, alive and well. Like, they had that mage fight at, for Sodden at the very end of episode 8. So I, th- I think Yennefer is just going to be as big of a character as any of them. I, I think they heard Geralt, uh, Yennefer, uh, and Cirilla are going to be there from start to finish unless, you know, one dies at the very end. But, like, none, right. none, none, of, like, none of them are going away. They're both, they're, all three are going to be major players from now until the end of the series. I don't see Yennefer being a side option at all. Cool. Yeah, well, we all know what happened to the girl that uh, was not a side character and, you know, <laughs> I said on our summary, took the red pill. <laughs> it definitely uh, went off the hinges there. That's the topic for another show. Our Danny T. Yeah, Danny T. So we'll see how you see if she... We'll see how much of Sintra she decides right, yeah, to take. Yeah, we'll see. Like, you know, so Yennefer's got that, like, you know, she's, I think she's starting to have that power struggle, like, doing good and also, like, wanting power at the same time because she really wants, you know, to... Right, child. exactly. So, yeah. In episode five, it kind of introduces another type of monster, a shapeshifter, yep. right? Because it takes the form of Mouse, uh, Mousesack. Uh, you know, at that point, you're like, okay, great. Now she's, like, you kind of have an idea that he's going to go into Brockland Forest. He's going to convince them that he is Mousesack because... And what's cool about this shapeshifter is, like, not only does he take the form, he gets all the thoughts, like, past, present, and future. Like, he, he knew that Malsack was going to try to kill himself with, right. like, the, uh, the tapestry or, like, rug that, or the scarf that um, Calanthe had on her dead body. So, he can kind of go back on his memories and really convince people he is Malsack because he's got Malsack's memory now and all of his, like, life, you know, past, present, future stuff. So I thought that that was an interesting a shapeshifter with the ability to become the person. That was that was cool. Um, I feel like they could have done more with it, just because shapeshifters. I feel like we see so many of them, whether it's like in True Blood or whatever you decided to come up with. Uh, which don't even get me started on the dragons. We're about to get started on that in a minute. Like yeah. I felt like that was almost a cop out. However, I get what they're trying to do. Um, but at at what point? Right? Like, at what point do you say, okay, we've introduced so many different types of creatures in one season. Like, should we just focus on one at this point? Like, should we just focus on a soul? No, because, like, this is, like, you see, because it's got more to do with the big overall plot. Like, they're trying to capture the bad, like, Nilfgaard's trying to capture Cirilla, 
And so, like, this, this is a really big key component to that. He, they, they, how can we capture her? How can we? Because we can't storm Brockland Forest because it's an enchanted like forest where you know armies will, like will die by the thousands. That's right. why I mean, it's like we can we can uh, we can spare twelve thousand men. In the, and uh, uh, the guy was like, "Listen, like an army is not the way into Brockland Forest." So it was it was an ingenious, like it's super genius idea. Like, what can we do? Not having to like deplete our armory and still get what we want. So like, right. it was yeah. necessary. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. It, I mean, it just, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with why they did it. I just almost feel like they should have focused on him starting in episode three or episode four because you're just thrown into him I, out of nowhere. I feel like what you really want, you really want an explanation of backstory on these on these bad guys. Exactly. Like, that's right? what you really want. Yeah. Like you really want to know where they came from, what their purpose is, like why do they, you know, but do they become the sinister but the thing is, like, like what's the deal? All part of the subplot, right? You know, I think yes, this is important to like the the huge plot of, you know, Gerald and and Cyrilla finally connecting and meeting each other. But in the end, they're just you know, taking him down. Which you always so, laugh at my hands over here. Yeah, yeah. We, we give Chase a hard time with his, his wild my hands. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, and that, that's why I, I don't I don't hate the fact that they throw these monsters in there because like it gives subplots while they're still trying to get to each other. It's like no matter what ends up happening, the destiny is always the bigger, greater thing that's going to pull it together. And every time they have a certain like you know issue, like they overcome that particular. You know, bad guy, as you can say, and so I, I can't wait for the day where they don't. You know what I mean? I can't wait for the day, almost like the like Infinity Wars, where you know you're just waiting for them to like, how are they gonna come back and um, like beat this thing? And like, yeah, I wonder if that's gonna be like the whole Stregobor thing or the White Flame, because like there's the White running, Flame, the white that's flame. what. And I wonder if Stregobor has anything to do with the White Flame. Like an almost like a like a Emperor Palpatine type of deal. Right. Like yeah. is, is he yeah. kinda like the Chancellor and you know but also the White Flame at the same time? I don't know. I'm I'm spitballing here. But uh I, I, I think that that's very, very possible. <laughs> so now let's jump into the like the mon like the dragon episode, um with uh, episode six there, where he meets Borch three jackdaws. Oh yeah. Which, uh, speaking of, you said, that might be spitball in here. That made me think of, have you ever seen Night at the Rock Roxbury? I haven't seen that. No, I've heard, I've heard, yeah, I've heard about it, but I've never seen that. That's like the part he's like, so there's this part he's like, now, man, let me, I'm just spitballing here, but had some really good ideas. What if? Because, you know, because the scene where they never got in the club, they were like, what if we made the inside of the club look like the outside. And so, yeah, just throwing that out there. I guess that kind of leads into this next episode. I felt like we were robbed. Yeah. I, I as far as these dragons go. I, I agree, too. I'm, I'm actually with you on this one. Uh, Completely robbed. It was, it was cool to see, you know, like... Like the uh, dwarf, like we saw dwarves for the first time. Yeah. Like angry little, like you know, small men syndrome guys. Then you've got like the reavers who are like basically, I would call like almost call like mercenaries in a way. I felt like the like killers for hire. <laughs> just throwing that out there. The kill, like the killers of like the men, like they were very, you know, we we so we start to see a little bit, and it was funny. Now we start to see that. Uh, Yennefer really means something to Geralt because he hasn't seen Yennefer in so long. Yeah, and he was kind of like, "Listen, I'm not doing this dragon hunt. I want nothing to do with it." And the bard was all like, "No, Yaskier was all like, no, wait, let's do it. It's gonna make for a great song." Then Yennefer walks in. The bard's like, "Never mind, we can't do it. Nope, we're out." And then, we're out. We're and out. then, <laughs> then Geralt's like, 
I'm in. Like, so you know it's got this strange connection to yeah. Jennifer. Like, you know, even though, like, you know, you see later on that they hook up a couple of times and one of them's always left the other. Um, that, that, I think that episode, this one here with the dragons, where you really, this is, this is at, to this point, the climax of right. their relationship. Yeah. Because everything comes together for them and then falls apart just almost immediately after. What, digging into this, right? Like, all the... Uh, one thing I really wanted to kind of know more about was the species of dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, like, as far as they built up this whole gold dragon idea, right? Right. Like, super, super rare. There's three... Was it three types of dragons or four three, types? There was red, there was there black. Was, yeah, there was, there was green, there was gold. red, black, gold. There's four types green, of Green, red, black, gold. Yeah. Gotcha, okay. And I felt like we just didn't get enough of it. Like, it was just, like, there. It's something they may come around to later yeah. on. But I'm with you. Like, like we'll, we'll jump into exactly what those dragons were, but I think yeah. it's important to kind of go on, like, you... Because when they were going across, they decided to split up from the Rebus. There was that knight that was trying to... Right, yeah. really killing that dot, like, the large Dobby-looking creature. Remember that? You cut its head yeah, off? Yeah, like, that was, that was, that was so ridiculous. Weird. Like, Completely ridiculous. And then they showed, like, the head, like, the head. getting... Eight, like uh, on fancy cookware, and we were like, "Why?" Just well, like well, why? The, the and head it was on the spike, but its body—it was cooking the body. But and it like, wasn't even. Remember, the whole idea was it wasn't even like it wasn't even like trying to fight back at them. No, like, it was, it was just was like hungry. there, you, hungry. You, you would have fed it. And they were like, slow. "Kill it so we can eat it." Well, like, it was just that guy. He was trying to do it for glory. Yeah, that, that, and like you know, he he ended up being an idiot, and so when he went to the bathroom. He was killed by one of the Reavers, which I right, thought, was, yeah. I thought was that was cool. really good because yeah. I didn't like him as a character, and then like it made Yennefer because Yennefer was like kind of throwing it in Geralt's face that she was with him, right? Because like, but the whole point is like he like the heart dragon's heart is supposed to restore fertility. She wanted the dragon's heart, right? And he's like, dude, that's a myth. Sorry, it's not going to work. Which that was another thing, right? This whole fertility thing was a huge part of this show. Yeah, it still and is. It's and, still, it still is a running thing. Like yeah. that's what she wants, like, right? And I felt like that was, like, the whole answer, like, in The Last Jedi, like, your parents were trailer trash. And that almost kind of reminds <laughs> you know? me something that we didn't touch on, because I think it's almost kind of important, to a small extent. I will go backwards to, like, uh, um, the episode where she's, like, charged with protecting the uh, king's wife with their baby right. girl. Yeah. And, like, that weird assassin with the, like, the giant knife, like, beetle. Yeah. Right? That's, yeah, so, like, the whole point, I think, like, you don't have to go into the whole series, like, scenario of what happened there, but the big aspect of it is it's almost like she wanted to save the baby and it's almost like she wanted to raise that baby as her own. Right. And even fate at that so point, she the baby died anyways. Like, yeah. Like, like, you will not have a child, Jennifer. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, like, no, it's no, not happening. Adoption. Like, it's not anything. happening at all. It's not happening. And it makes you wonder, too, right? Like, she had to know what was going to happen from the beginning of that when she was raising those portals to go. Like it, uh, remember, it even got to the point where she was like, "We're being tracked," yeah. and then finally she knew, like, "I'm just going to have to leave her here. Like she's done. Like, but I'll get back myself." Uh, well, it's she almost like she was trying to useless plan. Be, you know, right, she's like, exactly. yeah, you're not. Anyway, she's like, all right, well, have fun on your own. Then. Right, exactly. And, then she yeah. gave up the baby. She's like, you can take it as a sacrifice. And like, the assassin's like, I'm just going like, to kill you. Yeah. So she's done. Exactly. And she comes back for the baby. And like, she wants to like save the baby, and it just doesn't happen. So I think that's a big... I think that was a small detail yeah. that we overlooked. I think that so, was important that we brought back now. Yeah. Because like, the whole running thing is that she wants to have a baby, and that's a big aspect of this. And now Boris... And we go to that part where they're taking the dwarf shortcut. Right. Boris and his like, two girls like fall. 
like remember they fall through the thing and he like holds up and he's like he's like well you save me for now and like we will meet again and they like, drop him from the chain and they like die you think right, they die yeah. right you think they're done and so yeah. Yeah, they, they get up, they find, like, the dragon's lair, whatever, and you see that uh, she pauses the time, and, like, the doors are going in slow motion. Her and Geralt get there, they see, like, the dead green dragon with, like, the dragon yeah. egg there. Um, you know, the, the dragon died to protect the egg. And then you see, like, the two the two girls, like, that were with Bor- right. Borch, they come out, and they start talking, and all of a sudden, you hear Borch's voice, and you look, and it's a gold dragon. Yeah. And that's, I think we both dislike that a lot. And that's what I'm saying, I'm like, you know, you built up this whole gold dragon yeah. thing. At least with, like, Snog and The Hobbit, right? Mm-hmm. Which I wasn't a huge fan of The Hobbit, just because of the way it was portrayed in the movies. Which I read the book when I was a kid, when you're in, you know, when you're in fifth grade. Of course, it's going to sound awesome sure. when you're reading it. But, like, Snog, almost... Uh, at least he had like all those ancient abilities and all these secret factors you didn't take into account when they fought him. I felt like it was just like they got to that episode and they were like, well, this, I mean, our big goal was the battle at the end. It's not really this dragon thing. Right. So let's just kill it. Yeah. Saving the, 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 the dragon and the egg. Uh, so that way, like they can produce, we can continue like, the, dragon, the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's really cool. Continue the dragon race. Yeah, right. Go. So yeah. that's the whole thing about it. And so after like the gold dragon, like it, it ends up being Borch Street Jackdaws or whatever. Um, he goes back into human form and talks to him and say, "Listen, like, you know, I want to save you both some time with a little bit of pain. Now, you and Yennefer are never going to be together. Yennefer, you're never going to have a kid. Right. Yeah. And so like then that's when we <laughs> find out about that weird wish that he made. And she asks, like, how do I know any of my feelings for you are real? And he's like, it is real. He's like, well, you, I, we can't know because you made the wish. Like, right. So we don't so, know exactly what that wish was, but was it for them to be together? Was it for them to be, like, constantly in each other's, like, in and out of each other's lives? Like, what was it? Like, but either way, I feel like we really robbed of what dragons could be. Because, like, like, what dragon just talks and is, like, a human transfigurant? I don't, I didn't love it. I feel like they're wise. The dragons are nice and wise, and that's cool. But if you're a dragon, you're a dragon. You're not a person. Like, I don't oh, know. That's yeah. just, like, that's I mean, I, I, that's one of the small things. No, that's why I, I played like. Skyrim, not The Witcher, man. <laughs> you know, in Skyrim, the dragons could talk. They taught the humans how to talk. I mean, it's just they brought up this whole... They were setting up almost this entire arc where you started to think, oh, man, like, this season finale is going to wind up being this dragon fight. And it, we just get completely robbed of it. But, I mean, it was, of course, to the point they were trying to kind of, I guess almost like they were just trying to throw in a detail so they could let it in for another season for, like, something else to come about. If, if they never show dragons again in this entire series, then we would have been super robbed. We don't know right. what's going to happen, yeah. but for the small amount they were in, uh, it, it left a lot to be desired. Yeah, it was, it was just plain, I guess is the best word. You know what, and what I thought was weird too, because now that we're still on this episode, this episode six here, so Yennefer could have went to Nilfgaard originally and prevented like this whole takeover by Nilfgaard, but instead she had to go to the place she wanted, and she didn't didn't even work out there, and she was her own like freelance maid. Right. So yeah. if she would have just done what she was supposed to do, that's another thing too. Like she's super like very very selfish. And I think it's going to be a character flaw that is going to end up costing them a time or two down the road. Like who? Who does that remind you of? 
I don't know if Danny was really selfish, though. You know, because like she did a lot of things trying to help the people of like Marine and that is that. true. Okay, well, yeah, that's that. especially this early. Yeah, yeah especially this early. Seems right? To do everything. I want this. I want yeah. this. Like I was wronged. I want everything. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So. But like she would just went to Nilfgaard, and she could have prevented this whole uprising from happening, right? So, anyways, like the leader of uh, uh, Nilfgaard, Kahir, um, they he ends up having a confrontation with the shape changer, which this makes no sense to me because like the shape changer kind of gets away from him, bests him. But like gets exposed by children, right? Like exactly. the dark elf guy and and Cirilla, they pin him up against a tree with a silver because silver is apparently what weakens a shapeshifter. Yeah, and so they finally get like what the shapeshifter is like, and they try to kill him. That they don't kill him. But long story short, is how can he like best the antagonist and like a? I know he took his own form, so he knew all of his maneuvers and stuff. How could he invest in the antagonist, but not two kids? Yeah, I didn't understand. Which that. I want to know more about the dark elf. Like, I mean, I feel like we didn't get to know a whole lot about him yet. Yeah, Dara, Dara is his name. So, he, yeah, and like, the thing is, like, he walks out on Cirilla. I, like, I hope right. he comes back. I have a feeling he's going to die at some point in the series. That's another yeah. prediction I have. I think Dara's going to die at some point in the series, and it's going to be really sad. If he would have just, like, stuck it out, maybe he would have survived. Like, yeah. even though it's very inconvenient for him to be with Cirilla. But, yeah. Which, another thing we didn't mention earlier, um, that we were talking about earlier today, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Is wasn't I think Yennefer? She was a fourth elf, right? Or quarter elf? She was a quarter elf. Quarter elf. Yep. Yeah, she was a fourth. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Um, it makes me, you know, kind of wonder. Like, does she have anything as far as elf powers or anything going on? Yeah, no, of course. That's where like, that's where like her like that's why she's one of the most powerful mages is because she's got that elf blood. And that's what they were trying to use their excuse. Now, to kind of jump into episode seven after the dragon episode, uh, listen, I don't know if I should give my big prediction. I'm going to say my big prediction for the end of the episode for you. But anyways, I'm going to definitely underline it here because I don't want to forget this. I think this is going to come back a little bit later on. But anyways, uh, Geralt sees Nilfgaard marching on Sintra, and he goes to warn Malsak. Now... Mausak sets a trap and has a bunch of people there waiting to take him in because they know that Gale's going back for Cirilla now that, like, that's, like, he's finally, like, okay, all these bad things are happening to me. I've escaped Destiny for too long. Destiny obviously is real. Like, I was, like, I, I'm annoyed. I've got to admit it. I'm, I'm going to go find, you know, like, my law of surprise. Right, yeah. So he goes there, like, like in the, at this point, the Clanthi and, and Mausak are like, no, like we're not giving her up. Like they try to like trap him, and he almost kills Mausak, and he yeah. portals them to Sintra, and that's when Clanthi gives him the fake child. Like you know, that, that a lot of things happen in episode seven. Yeah. So that episode seven, like in, in this, yeah, uh, the whole dark phoenix thing. <laughs> I felt like, like I was. Uh, that was yeah. That was episode seven when she like the Cirilla had that weird like breakdown when she was like trapped out in the woods and she was taken in by that mother. It <laughs> felt like an Evanescent song. That's literally what it was. It, I mean, I thought it was cool, but this goes back into the whole thing, right? And not you know ragged on the show or anything because I thought the show was excellent. But at some point, you do have to critique its flaws, and I felt like you know, okay, yeah, we were showing her power, right? Was it just fire? Like, is that, like, the big well, deal? Like, fire, she's a fire person? No, fire was Yennefer. The Cirilla, she's, like... that. That's, like, the weird manipulation of, like... 
Or she was screaming. screaming. Yeah, she, she was, was like screaming. super screaming. Yeah. Yennefer yeah. in episode eight is the one that sets fire to all Nilfgaard's arms. That's right. Yeah. But um, yeah. So now episode seven, you know, and I think this is really too that this is a turning point in Cirilla's life. She had to sell her mother's ring or her grandmother's yeah. ring to buy gloves. Right, you know, so I, I thought that was a big takeaway. She's starting to like be more humbled, and she's not thinking of herself as a princess anymore. She's like, I gotta survive. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that was so, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, they they take the mage council determines about fighting Nilfgaard uh, to say it wants him to defend Sintra. The council votes to say, hey, you know what? Sintra said they can do this on their own. We're just gonna leave them to their own devices like they want. And that's you know that's when we start realizing, okay, it's like. Sintra is very, very arrogant. Calanthe is not that beautiful, respected queen that she's right. kind of almost like you kind of have an idea about episode one. And this is like the episode right before all the timelines finally converge. Right. Right. So. Which one thing we never talked about either was because they never go into it at all. Uh, like you never like going way back. Like you almost wonder what Yennefer's history is because you don't know much about her. You know nothing about her dad. Her. Not her real dad. Yeah, you know nothing about her. Her her dad. And then her mom, you know very little about. So, I mean, do you yeah, think you'll ever get a... Yeah, I think it's going to be a big, big, big role Like uh, later on, like figuring out exactly. And I think maybe Yennefer's dad is like one of the higher ranked... I know he was only half-elf, but I think he is someone who's maybe well-respected um, and has a lot of power. So it might come up. The mother thing, we saw her like when she was in the... Die. So Jennifer, we got right. Story yeah, on her. Yeah, but we don't know like her family. And yeah, I think. I mean, I mean, this is only season one, so we can't. Yeah, no telling where it's going to go. That you know what I mean. So right. Yeah, I mean, you know, then then this then to your point, this is like where season seven kind of comes to a head is when she's about to be like trapped and then caught by the people that she trusted. Uh, remember, she played knuckle bones with that kid. Yeah, and like, and he like basically spit on her. It's like, dude, no, like, like you only did that because X, Y, Z. Right. They they're about to close in on her, and then she just her body does the whole power thing, and she wakes up from her like little like like after energy destruction nap. Looks up, people are pinned against stumps, and like trees are knocked down, like skins torn off the horse. One guy's like broken bodied over a log. It was literally like the train. Very, very, very interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it was. I I, I thought it was cool for what it was, but was it a little over the top? Maybe just a little bit. We just need to know what this power does. That's my biggest thing. Like, what is the power? What does it control? Is it a manipulation of air, earth, wind, fire? Like, what is it? Yeah. like or, or do you just have like just kinetic energy that like almost like with a force for stores? Like what is this power? If I knew that, and I think we might obviously we're definitely gonna get more information about it later on. It's just like I don't I haven't loved so far how it's come out. It's come out in screaming and it's come out and just ah, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like let's let's do something with this because we know it's some sort of special power because there's mages. That they could be using for for stuff, right. or could be using for stuff. But like, no, like, she's the key. She's you don't know what she is. Is what Malsac said before he died for real. So like, there's something special about the power. What's it do and where to come from? We need the answers to. But. Which it's like they were saying before they went into this whole battle. No, which is it? Sintra is what it's called. Sintra. Yeah, like the city yeah, that fell. Sintra, episode the one. city yeah. that fell. Right. Yeah. Um, going back to even like to her whole school. They wanted her to come back because she was the best student. Yeah, they and she to- didn't want to do it. They got pissed for a while because she was trying to convince the students to leave. Yep. 
And she was sitting there. I think that's when they went down to where the eels were. Yeah, she brought them down. Yeah, and she was like, you know. Yeah, she basically gave the whole Achilles speech. Like, you're fighting for kings that, you know, you don't even know what you support at this point. So don't act like everything's all all glory at this point. Um, And, I mean, it makes you wonder, like, obviously, yeah, she's... She was very powerful and then earned her way through that. But even them that were the teachers of the school, they didn't want her there because of the rebellious, but they knew they had to have her there because she has, she, it, I mean, it better be, be some special gift. That's where the council vote came to. She didn't get a vote in the council. That's when you start to realize, like, right. like, they, need like they really didn't want her there. They had to have her there. Yeah. yeah, she's the only one with any power. Like, like, cause like that Fringilla, who who it was the mage of Nilfgaard. Uh, like, she went to like that white flame thing, and who knows what kind of power she has? Right, so yeah. it's almost like the dark side of the force. Like, it fits in that. Yeah, power. it goes back into the white yeah. flame, almost like the you know the dark blade. Right, yeah, the dark side of the force. Is. Like, you got extra power. It's just there's no limits to it. X, Y, Z. There's no rules, whatever it may be. But it seems to me that Yennefer is the only one that can contend with her. Yeah, and so. Um, you know, to, before we jump into the last episode, uh, I think it's important for us to kind of realize where Geralt's left because he's almost found uh, Cirilla. He gets trapped by King Ice, like the the sly guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, like he gets put into the dungeon <laughs> because he wants to take Cirilla with him and like to, like protect her. And then like the central thinks they've got the navy, they've got everything they can defend on their own, and so. Then the city falls, and he is in the dungeon. Can't help anybody. And now it's kind of like where everything is coming back it together. Comes, yeah, almost comes together at at this right time because now we're starting to see what happens. And then instead of following right. the first messenger that gave the potions to the people to kill for suicide, we follow Mossack and how he goes yeah. down the dungeon to find Geralt. Right. So like right. It, like the timelines have finally caught up. I felt like they almost tried to copy, like, the final battle of Hogwarts, where it was, like, all completely on fire. But then they took out, like, all the cool stuff, like, when Harry took on Voldemort. But again, like, you're comparing, like, the last episodes and, like, big actions of things (laughs) to, like, the first season. Yeah, (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, this is, like, this is the very first thing they've come out with. Like, like, give them some chance to, like, go forward. Yeah, I mean, mean, this is the only season they made, I, I feel you. But this is legit, like, season <laughs> one. Like, we've got seven more seasons of this Right, show. yeah. So, I'm being very critical. I mean, which this is what we do on the show. Like, we have to nitpick at these things. We have to be completely honest. I mean, I have to give the show an A. It, uh, it was an A in my book. I thought it was completely genius the way they've been, you know, putting everything together all the way up into this moment. In this yeah, episode I, here. it's really hard. This, this first season, for sure, it gets top-notch scores. I don't know if I'd give it an A. Maybe I'd give, like, an 8.5 out of 10, so maybe A-. minus. Yeah, which I guess, apparently, according to our episodes now, I've been giving everything A's. <laughs> A's all around, unless you're going to Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah. <laughs> that's like, a whole story. Yeah. But, no, so, now, now episode 8... This is where, like, the battle for Sodden comes into place. And this is yeah. where, like, the mages fight off Fringilla and the Nilfgaard. They try to. Yeah. You know, there's those weird dark worms that get in their heads. They turn right, it yeah. against each other. Like, they try to fortify it. Uh, they, they're t- and they, like, he's untagged. I remember, like, when... At the very beginning of that episode where Geralt is attacked by that weird, like, undead golem-looking creature. Yeah. And, like, it yeah, bites you, and wild. apparently a bite is enough to kill you. Right. And so this is this is what's going to segment us to Game of Thrones uh, next week, 
the guy who picks up Geralt off there, he's actually Yorin, yeah. the guy who tries to bring Arya to the Night's Watch uh, before like the Gold Cloaks catch up to him. Uh, the City Watch catches up to him and tries to like be like, "Hey, like we need to find the guy with the bull helmet." Not any thought of Arya at the time, but that's Yorin. Yorin is the guy who basically saves Geralt there from you know death by the bite of that weird creature. Now, um, yeah, this is where like he starts getting that delirious. Weird slumber thing. Right. We start here seeing his past and how his mom just dropped him off in the middle of the thing, like and just left him like, "Hey, go get me some water." And he gets off the thing, and then his mom's just gone. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then it's when uh, what's his face? Uh, he starts talking about the person who created him and like to be a witcher. Um, this, so this is this is where we start to see like a little bit about his past in his delirious state from almost dying. Right. You see his mom. You see the small gold dragon. In the uh, in the like, yeah. kitchen, you see like you know you, you hear about the guy who uh, turned him. Um, uh, what's his name? Vesemir. Vesemir is the one that made him into a witcher. And so, while all this is happening, you got that huge battle going on in Sodden for like all the mages. Like and, like they're all dying. Yeah, they're all dying. They're all dying it's, like it's, step it's, by uh... step. And what are we what are we to make of Vigavorts? Like the guy the guy who kept like. Making the sword appear in his yeah, sword. that was cool. Did, did he turn to the bad like side? Did he get a worm in the ear? Was he always bad? Because he did fight Kai here, and he had like a cool sword battle. Yeah, I mean, you always get like, this whole like raid of the dark side kind of deal. But yeah, but so is that what happened? Did, did we did not see like the because we saw the um, the worms going to the ear of the other the other uh, mage, like the blonde mage who gave like right. the blow up things to the kids and they kind of destroyed their defenses. Yeah. But like, is that what happened to Vigilvots? I don't know. Because he was fighting Kai here one on one and it was a cool little battle. And then he gets bested and you think he's dead or he cracks his head on the on the log. Right. And it comes back to him and like like Yennefer's asking like, Is anyone out there? Is anyone out there? And he's answer like i don't know he's <laughs> almost like this mercenary character in my opinion like he's a mage he's got some sort of powers man i don't know what what he can and can't do yeah but he's almost like he's almost like a witcher like does i can't i can't even say a witcher because a witcher itself sticks to the code almost like a bounty hunter that's like part of the creed like yeah. mandos right yep he's almost like a mercenary because Whatever he decides is going to be right at the time is what's best for himself. So it, I mean, I really just want to know more about him. And the sword thing is pretty cool. Yeah, that's, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he turned. That's my biggest thing. Like, yo, did you turn from one side, or are you always bad? Because like it seems like right now, like he's like uh, definitely not on the good side. It was almost like the spy thing in Rise of Skywalker. He's like, I'm a spy. He's like, were you though? Like, <laughs> were you really a spy this entire time? And one other thing, too, I think this is important to, to point out before we wrap this up, is that we start to see the relationship between Tessaia, who was the rectress of Artuza, the one who trained uh, Yennefer, like, how much she really thinks of Yennefer, because, like, everything was all lost, and she's like, no, like, you, like, you see now that Yennefer is more powerful than the woman who trained her. Yeah. Like, she's like, listen, you've got the chaos inside you, this is the time to let it go. And that's when we get that. And you start to really fire, see that. Just, yeah, fire everywhere. Yeah, fire, 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 fire. fire. Yeah, it was like that's really King's got, Landing like, all over again. Um, destroyed all of Nilfgaard. <laughs> well, the majority of what we saw for Nilfgaard, because like obviously it wasn't all of their army, but it was almost like 
it, it was a it was a band-aid on a bullet hole, kind of like Helm's yeah, Deep. Like right, they exactly. won Helm's Deep, but they lost like all of their army, and like that was almost just became is because it was going to cost them too much to continue on. So right, like they yeah. they technically defended Sodom, but not really because like almost all the mages are gone. Like they killed them off every almost every single one of them. Uh, I I think uh, Tessa, the one from uh, what is it? Uh, Tamaria, the, the mage from Tamaria where the Striga was involved, that mage, I think she's still around, she got burned, um, Sabrina's gone, she's dead, the, the, the redhead had her arms like cut off and like stabbed through the heart into the tree, Yeah, like, um, they, most of these mages are gone, I think Taseya is still alive, because uh, like she was weak at the very end, but she like was looking for Yennefer, so... That, I mean, you really start to see, like, the respect to say it has for her. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, like that's the biggest thing. Like, their race has changed. Like, not only... Like, she might not, not like she's her. She's not, like, dirt on the but, ground. But she treated, like, dirt on the ground for, like, the whole first episode. Like, oh, exactly, episode. yeah. And like, I think that's that moment, too, even at the beginning of this like, episode. When she walks in, has, right? Has the master. Yeah, exactly. Like, when they didn't want her to vote. At the beginning, right? Well, she 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 lost rights to vote because she did she left her her position. Even though she yeah, got to right. The right, she got to the place like they were going to allow it. They said whatever, like you, you screwed us over, but like we're going to allow this. But when she left her post to become a freelance mage, that's when she got kicked out of council. Right, exactly. So like yeah. she shouldn't have been allowed to vote. Right, but but I mean at the same time, it, it goes to show where they were like, you know, just like we were saying, we don't like you here, but in the end, we know. You could kill us all if you wanted to. Yeah, but she doesn't even know it yet. And then that's when Fringilla tries to turn Yenna against, like, to Nilfgaard's side. Like, we can all be powered. There's no limits to my power. And, like, you know, with you and all you can do already, imagine, like, and, you know, to her, to her credit, Yennefer just sticks to her guns. And, you know, then Geralt's mom, like, kind of saves him, like, from that weird bite. But it's actually... Uh, the guy, I'm just going to call him Yorn because we didn't get a name for him. <laughs> Yorn. And yeah. so then he bring, he ends up being, because this whole time, Cirilla, she's with the the mom figure who took her in after she exploded all those people. Yeah. And so it's funny because now like the fate and destiny of the line because uh, her husband is the guy that saved Geralt. And so they get to that house that Cirilla just left. And then Geralt, it's like he has like this thought, like, he just starts walking in the woods after they get up, like, we're going to get you an L, like, you saved my life, like, meet my yeah, wife and my family. Right. And he's like, no, like, I, like, he started walking to the woods, and then finally, the timelines, everything, all meet up, Cirilla and Geralt embrace, and then he said that line, like, you know, people faded together by destiny will always come, right. they will yeah. always meet, or something along those lines. So, that was the end of, you know, the, the season, and how, it, right. how where, where is that right now? Um, and then Cirilla asked, you know, who is Yennefer? At the very end, because like she started having visions too. That's why I think Yennefer's gonna be, like it's going to be super, super important all the way through. Like, it, do you think Yennefer is her mom? No, I think Yennefer is going to be their mage. Like, how every like I think that's going to end up being her mage when they take back Sintra. Makes so, sense. That's my, uh, that's my prediction. Sense. So, yeah. bold prediction for me: the one that I told you I was going to wait to our, the very end of our show to give. I really believe that Cirilla's mom and dad are not dead. Because, like, they just said that... Because I'm one of those guys like, hey, let me see the body. I need to see the yeah, body or yeah, I don't right. believe you're gone. Because yeah. all it says is they never lost that seat. It said, you know, Pavetta and Dooney were lost that seat. I don't know when it's going to come back into play. Maybe season six, maybe seven, whatever it may be. I don't think they're dead. I, I, think, I think they're alive. And I don't know if they've been turned to the dark side or they're being held captive and hostage. I don't know what <laughs> it is. Wouldn't that but, be a little too, like, Frozen style, though? They're I, like, hey... 
I don't know. I, there they are. This is my prediction. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> Joshua giving you it hot on Factor Fantasy. This is my take. I believe that Dooney and Pavetta are not dead, and we're going to meet them later on because I haven't seen the body. I need to see the body, or I don't believe you're gone. i got to respect it. Um, at the same time, I think it's a cash drop, so I completely disagree with you. I think the whole idea of her mom and dad is... I think we're going to find out more about her dad being an elf, because we want to hear about that elf race. Well, no, no, no. Cyrilla's dad isn't an elf. So oh, I thought you were talking no, about... No, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Cyrilla. I think, you know, because Pavetta is Cyrilla's mom. So I think that Pavetta and and uh, Dooney, so Dooney was the hedgehog guy, Pavetta right, was the yeah. original okay. girl who had the powers, I believe that uh, her mom and dad are still are still alive. Okay, see, I can buy that. I can completely buy that. Because my bold prediction, I honestly think, so Yennefer is going to get more and more powerful, and you might find out a little bit more about her, especially through the next... I mean, they're planning this thing for, like, what, seven seasons? Eight, eight seasons? Yeah, eight seasons. Seven, eight? So yeah, seven right? Coming. Game of Thrones all over again, hopefully. Um, hopefully not. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, hopefully not an exact replica. That's for sure. Um, but I think you're going to find out a lot more about Cirilla in this next season and find out more about her history because uh, there's got to be something special about her. Maybe, yeah, maybe we find out a little bit about what she is and what her powers do. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, because, I mean, you're, it was more focused on Yennefer and and Gerald yeah, through this entire know. season because, of course, you know, you got to get the action in there. you got to get the romance. you got to get the whole Spartacus style to get people's attention. Completely get it. we got the warrior, we got the magician, and we mm-hmm. got, like, the... The girl brings it all together, so... It's almost like Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> Warriors and magicians, right? But, um, yeah. But, yeah, but I think, you know, Gerald is going to really kind of go on this journey with Cirilla, and Yennefer is going to kind of build her own reputation of why she's over there. But eventually, I think, you know, both of those two groups are really going to kind of come to a climax... But I think you're going to start finding out more about Gerald's past with his mom and then why, you know, the whole situation of how he became a witcher and how that happened. Yeah, we could find out that. And what I think, too, is that we're going to, you're going to have Yennefer, Geralt, and Cirilla. They're going to cross paths multiple times. Obviously, it's going to be probably just Geralt and Cirilla to start out with. And then just like the way fate has it, they're going to intertwine with each other. To maybe by the end of season two, maybe those three are together full time, like they're all one yeah. party now. Who knows? Yeah. But guys, I think that we we kind of really went into this on the yeah, we today, really so, did. Yeah, um, diving in deep like we always do. Yeah, but, but next I mean, week, next week, man, we got a big arc planned. Yeah, tell them about it. Uh, so yeah, next week. Um, so hopefully, I'll be over this cold by next week. Uh, but. Yeah, it's really going to be a huge arc here, so you'll want to start paying attention. Uh, we're really going to break down each season in each book of Game of Thrones. We're going to go through you know, how each season, compared to the books, really went here. Uh, what we think they should have done better, what we think they did do excellent, You know, whether George should speed it up on <laughs> Winds of Winter coming down. But, I mean, just as we showed through this whole show here, which is kind of like the new GOT coming out, it has so many comparisons uh, to Game of Thrones as far as, you know, of course, yes, you can go into the whole 
you know, incest thing, <laughs> right? Which is part of it. But even as far as, you know, the arc of Yennefer or, you know, Cirilla, that's almost like Arya and Danny. Like, kinda. how they, you know, kind of came up to the top there. Um, it's So we're really going to break each season and book down for you. And it's going to be eight episodes, which we've yep. never done an arc like that yet. No, so it's, that's really what's going to be from from now to the next eight episodes. You're going to just going to be strictly Game of Thrones, like like you said. We're going to talk about the the TV series. We're going to talk about the books, where they match up, where they differentiate, amazing things in each. Uh, what like you know some things we liked about it, just as a storyline perspective, right? Where it goes from there. So I'm really excited to do Game of Thrones. We've got a lot of cool. Now I don't know if you guys notice every single. Uh, show that we do for you, we have a centerpiece of you know what we talk about, and so Game of Thrones, we're ready for it. We've got all the, oh, we've got the movies. We went to a store it. last week yeah. to try to find something Star Wars, which we actually did find yeah. at Galaxy's yeah. Edge. Um, which they're the only ones that had them. Like I found like Star Wars Skywalker one. Yeah, um, and then the guy was like. Well, man, I got plenty of Game of Thrones stuff. <laughs> hey, so it'll we'll be for us in two weeks when we're ready for it. Be so. completely fine. Which, on a side note, if you go to Galaxy's Edge, I found this out. If you create your own lightsaber, I had no idea. If you put the crystal and you actually buy the Wayfinder or whatever the light side is called, I don't know what that little cube thing is. I met a really cool guy, and you actually, if you put it in there. It'll, like, show you the voice and, like, tell you who your master was. Well, I really found out I was a Sith, so, yeah. <laughs> I think we knew that all along, guys. But yeah. thanks for joining us today. I mean, we gave you a long one, but I thought we did a, we, we kind of had to go into some serious detail about this because there's a lot of questions about the timeline, the law of surprise, uh, you know, where the plot, like, the plot lines lines up with each other. So, um I think that's going to kind of do it for us today. but uh, Yeah, I think that's going to... Next week, uh, you know, the wolves are becoming the Starks. Yeah. So we're going to find out how that goes. The white wolf turns into yeah, the yeah. coming, right? So, the incest uh, becomes the Lannisters. Yeah. Right. So it should be, should be good stuff. So like we said, we think Netflix, uh, this is the, the Game of Thrones answer. This is Netflix answer to the Game of Thrones, and now we're going to go into... That, that Game of Thrones. Yeah, and uh, for all you viewers out there, uh, definitely hit the subscribe button, uh, especially now that, you know, we're really starting to dive in into this we've material. Got, yeah, we've got here. a lot of um, presence, too, now, too. Right. Well. We're on Instagram, if you know, at official ridiculous Patronus. That's our Instagram. We're at Snapchat. It's, that's uh, RP Factor Fantasy. Uh, we're on. We got a Facebook page as well. Got our we got website. YouTube, we got a website. We got a bunch of different podcasts. Like Apple Podcasts. Big big presence. Me. Uh, we're also on a cast, which is a new one, which is like uh, recommends the genius for you. But uh, what's great is you know Podbean. That's our host. They're pretty good. Uh, pretty awesome. <laughs> um, but this is really what this show is about. Like what we're gonna start getting into next week of how. You know, from now on, we're really going to start, yes, we're going to have these episodes every now and then, of course, where we do break down, you know, one season in a show, or we'll break down, you know, one movie that we saw, right? But now we're really digging into details of these arcs that we're going to start taking over. Like, we're going to be breaking down these book seasons, book series. Like, I know we're going to wind up doing Aragon at some point. Yeah. And, I mean, that was a, a whole four-book Serious. There's no way you can do that in one episode. 
So hang with us here. Uh, if you're a GOT fan, you'll definitely want to tune Next in because we're going to break it, break it all down, all the way from the books to the show to why they left the Starbucks cup on the table. All of it. So, you want to break it down for us? Yeah. Until next time, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, This is Factor Fantasy with Chase and Josh, the Ridiculous Crew, signing off.